Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. All right, well, uh, pleased to welcome our special guest this evening. Um, uh, you've probably seen him uh, in Press Gang and um, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. And you may have even seen some of the films he's directed. Sunshine in Leith, Wild Bill... And that um, thing about Eddie the Eagle Edwards. It's a great pleasure to welcome Dexter Fletcher to the studio. Dexter Fletcher's here in the studio. It's such a thrill to meet, finally, Dexter Fletcher in the studio. Well, it's with great pleasure I can now say, let's, let's, uh, a big hello to Dexter Fletcher in the studio. It's Dexter Fletcher, everybody. Dexter Fletcher's here. No, but seriously, it's a real thrill to um, be sat opposite Dexter Fletcher here in the studio. Hey, everybody. It's Dexter Fletcher! It's the Dexter Fletcher Show! And here's your host, Dexter Fletcher! Hey, what a thrill! I watched you on TV when I was younger, and I've seen your movies. You're Dexter Fletcher! Here, in the studio. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Yeah, Dexter. This, you. Is, this is Ian. You're on the air. Where the bloody hell are I'm you? A, I'm, I'm outside in the street looking for you. I mean, Just you know, if you could make it more apparent where you are. Flipping you know, heck. I'm to find my way into where you are. I we, mean, God's sake, man. Gee, no, don't have a go at me. I've had to fill you're for... You're shouting at me. You're shouting at me. I've just had to fill for the last four minutes because you're not here. Look, you're a professional man. Just calm down. Try and maintain an equal kind of balance and talk me in. Tell, tell me where you what? are. Is it number 16? No, it's number oh. 8. It's steady. It's number 18. There'll be a grumpy oh, old man on the man. desk. Right, OK. He, what's his name? Ian as well. What's his name, Ian? It's Brian. Brian. So it's got grumpy some of the same, same letters in. OK. I'm All only right. grumpy because you're five minutes late... For an interview Blimey. that you were, bet you phoned me up today begging to come in. Begging. You were begging me to come in. It, it's true. I got held up cooking some Brussels sprouts. I can't, it's a very long, boring story. I don't want to go into detail. But the sprouts, to, oh, there's someone waving at me. doesn't look like a Brian. That's, that's, like a, a, that's Kath. Brianna. That's Rihanna. Rihanna. <laughs> that's I Kath. Said, Kath. She's right, with Kath. us. Follow Kath. Well, you say that. She's shaking my hand. Hello. All right. I'm. All right. I'm with a hello evening. All right. Ash, how you doing, mate? Good hat. Yeah, nice one. All right. I'm coming to you, Ian. You seem to be all in a tizzy. Right, you seem to be all upset. I'm. I'm, I'm going to cut you off. Okay. He's annoying me now. 
It's going to be a tense... <laughs> it's going to be a tense interview, I think. Blimey. Oh, dear. If you want to speak to Dexter Fletcher, 0344-499-1000 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Um, let's see if we can stream this on Periscope, shall we? I've got to type in passwords and things like that. Bloody celebrities, isn't it? Celebrities, they give you so much hassle. They come across as all, you know, nice, chirpy, chop, cockney chappies and stuff. And he's nothing... Right, let me just start this. Um, Dexter Fletcher. There we go. Let's put that on Periscope. Oh, flip it. Here he comes. Come on. Come on. In your car, I'm just setting up the periscope. Why are you shouting at me? Well, mate, come on. Do you know what I mean? Why have you got that on? So they can see you. What, is that the outside world, is it? Yes, sit down, sit Where down. Where do I there. sit? Over here. Yes. Nice to meet you at last. Cool. Well, obviously, this show is in desperate need for, for entertainment. If you're like phoning me up and telling me I'm two minutes late. Well, I, but, but I told you, you phoned me up today. Admittedly, I was in bed when you phoned. I don't want to know the gory details. Half past two in the afternoon. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, that's right. It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. How you doing, man? You all right? As you're breathing down my neck on the street, <laughs> I, mean, I thought I'd better see you face to face. It was a weird thing because we were talking about you the night before. Right. And then I was walking, and I don't I don't normally walk, I'm very lazy, but I was walking I from a, a gig in Soho to my car, which was parked. Where was in, your car? It was parked. There's a brilliant car park yes. just off the Edgware Road. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, yeah. trust me. I do, I do. And it's just outside the right. congestion. Oh, I see. Fourteen quid right. all day. Okay. That is a bargain. That makes London. sense. I, I, I've, I've, I've sort of uh, got rid of a car. Oh. I've just nixed the whole idea of a car. Really? Yeah, I Why? don't bother. Well, I live in, in, in Clerkenwell, you know. Oh, I say. Yes. Someone's got... Someone invested yeah. well when they were younger. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was very shrewd. Well done. Yeah, no, I, I did invest badly when I was younger and lost it all, but on the rebound... Did, I've, did you? Because yeah. my, my early TV career, when you first yeah. start earning TV money, it happened for me Thank a bit you, later yeah. than you. I was 25, 26. Thank you. And I was earning a fortune. Yeah. I, I, I blew it. I blew yeah, it all. Did too. you do the same thing? I did, yeah, yeah. I lost it all. I started earning when I was... God, I, I mean, I, you know, I did my first work when I was like six years old. Yeah, yeah. And I remember on Bugsy Malone, when, when I did Bugsy Malone, I earned £15 a day. <laughs> but this is in 1976. Yeah, good money. Good money. And I did four days, so I had 60 quid. So that was, I was used to that kind of very high-flying lifestyle. I don't know your background, but did your parents or people looking after you, did they not say, right now, Dex, what are you going to do? <laughs> You're going to, you can have 10 quid to go to spends, and the rest of it we're going to invest. Yeah, no, I mean, that didn't unfortunately happen. No, my parents were, were primary school teachers, essentially. Right. My mum's a primary school teacher and my dad was a lecturer yeah and um they didn't really know a great deal about it my nan is who's still around now grace lives in oxton she was a bit of a song and dance woman and it sort of came from her really really yeah and so me i got two older brothers and we all ended up going to this drama club in islington uh which is called anna shurs yeah, yeah of like course Phil daniels and yeah yeah Quirk and yeah loads loads of people went there and uh and we just, and that's it sort of came from there, but no one really had any sort of like, okay, let's get the kids on stage and get them earning dough. So and there was no master plan in that respect. What was the first gig then? First paid. The gig. first paid gig that I remember doing was Steptoe and Sunrides Again, which was a film, with, and I was playing one of Diana Dawes's many kids. <sighs> Blimey, you're so, not that old, are you? That's incredible. I'm fifty. Wowzers. I'm fifty, and all all your listeners are out there are tweeting asking about press. <laughs> 
and all of that sort of stuff, asking about this, that and the other. I am 50 years yes. old. Yes. Press Gang was a long time ago. When is that Press Gang movie going to happen, Dex? That, when there's talk get... of it. It's, it's, we're all circling now. Yeah, we've read the script. It's all very good. <laughs> Stephen Moffat keeps knocking out more and more scripts. I don't know. But you, it, it's unusual, because this is what fascinates me about you. Is someone, yeah. I, I do... People that make it as kids and, and yeah. have success as kids and carry on in the business, doing it 45 years yeah. later, that's no mean feat. How, did, no. how have you sustained it? Um, it's an interesting question because if you look at it, not a lot of people do. I mean, yeah. I've thought about it long and hard on many an occasion. And, you know, even as a director now, I, I like working with kids. That's well, something A lot I of them do. either stop or they, they go off the rails well, and go crazy. Well, that's that's it because, I mean, lot, my, my take on it was is that, you know, it's kind of like, your mum and dad getting you to play the recorder when you're a kid. Yeah. You you eventually grow up and you go, well, I don't want to play the recorder. I want to go and do what I want to go yeah, and do. Yeah. And so you find your own sense of identity and the things that you love and are, and, and are passionate about. And, and so my take is that a lot of child actors probably go, I don't want to be a, yeah. an actor. I want to go and do something else. And that's probably what they do. But oh, there's some who do, you sort of lose, lose your way because there's this very strange thing that happens is that you kind of grow up. Mm. You're you're very precocious because you're sort of working in a, a, a an adult environment at a very early age, yeah. and you're expected to do everything that the adults do. I mean, you know, I was on Elephant Man when I was fourteen. I saw that. Right? It's a long time since I've seen that movie, but it's wow. a great film. Yeah, but so then I was a thirteen-year-old kid on set with some amazing people. Yeah. Now I can look back in retrospect and go, God, "That's amazing," but I was doing the same job in essence that they were. Maybe yeah. not as accomplishedly as they are, because it was John Hurt and you know. But, uh, I mean, but if you're going to start but, hanging around with people who are better than you <laughs> and you're young, but people like John Hurt, you can't go wrong. No, can no, you? and he's a, he's a, he's a lovely, he's a great man, yeah. but. But what I suppose I'm saying is that your responsibilities are that of an adult. Yeah. And so you're precocious yeah. in that way. But then when you get to actually being an adult, because you've been so kind of looked after and you've not really had to do a great deal for yourself, it's yeah. very hard to 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 grow up because the what's required of you is that you are a child. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what you know and understand works for you. So you have to do this incredible kind of... Uh, this. It's very tricky. I took me, that's why I lost everything, because I couldn't navigate that in right. my 20s. What, what, in your 20s, was that? You, you, yeah, you, I kind of really lost sight. And was it you just didn't... You didn't have a grip on, on what well, you Well, I doing, certainly or? didn't have a grip on my finances. Right. I left that to someone who didn't really... Who couldn't really cope with that. Right. Um, and so that all went very badly wrong. So then I ended up owing the tax man an incredible amount of money, you know. Yeah. And I just didn't take any adult responsibilities. I would go and do my work... Yeah. Which then started to suffer because I wanted to just party. Yeah, I wanted yeah, to just yeah. go and party. You know, I was a young guy. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so that's where it all sort of kind of gets blurred and muddy. And How did you away. make the crossover from from, yeah. from being primarily an actor? I would suggest now you're primarily a director. Would you classify yeah. yourself that way? I mean, you're still doing both. Uh, uh, yeah, no, the acting is certainly taking a back seat. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, I, I don't know how I made the crossover was that after doing Hotel Babylon for four years yeah. and then they and then they they cancelled that show as they do you know these things come and go which was very lovely because after being bankrupt and having nowhere to live and then finally meeting my wife and getting married and settling down and kind yeah. of growing up um, that job gave me financial stability that I hadn't had for many many years I yeah. never really had had and. Um, uh, and then that ended, it was all fair enough. And But I had always had this idea for a film or a, a screenplay, which I I kind of wrote with a mate of mine who was a writer called mm. Danny King. And um, and then I found this producer and I said, I've got this script. And uh, she said, great, send it to me. So I gave her the script and then she just made the assumption that I was going to direct it. 
<laughs> really? And, and then when she did that, I just thought, well, I'm not going to contradict that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just, because she said, well, it'd be great, you're directing. And had you done really... any directing before? Uh, no, I hadn't. And I mean, your first I... thing was a feature? My first thing was a feature. I'd, I'd worked on a short film that I'd written that my wife had directed. My right. wife works in th- in theatre and opera. Right. And she directs theatre and opera, opera primarily now. So she directed a short film that I'd written a long time ago that Bob Hoskins was in. Yeah. Because he was an old mate. And, um, well, you were in The Long Good Friday as well. I was, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, and I, I struck a great friendship with Bob after that. Um, but... I used to direct uh, an acting workshop with my brother in mm. Jackson's Lane Community Centre. Oh, I know Jackson's Lane. Yeah. I actually live around the corner from yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, it's a fantastic great, place. Yeah, great place. Yeah. And every Monday night, for many years, my brother and I would kind of go there and invent these crazy acting, you know, uh, exercises Brilliant. and workshops and do that for you. So I kind of, I, I had a lot of experience working with actors. Um, and then I, you know... I but got, still putting a movie together. Yeah. And, and seeing, I suppose yeah. if you'd written it, you could see it, but it's... it's yeah. A, I know, I know, but, I, you know, I, I was I had a huge stroke of luck that there was this fantastic camera operator um, called George Richmond, who, he was a great operator. Yeah. And he'd just been working on War Horse, and he'd done these incredible movies, and his dad was a director of photography, but he was a really accomplished operator, younger, and he was looking for his first step up to be right. a director of photography, yeah. and he read the script, and he came and found me, and he went, well, you could get somebody else to meet, to do this, but if you didn't, you'd be a idiot yeah <laughs> right get me to do it because i really want to do it and i've and he he did the camera work on a fantastic film called children of men okay which is a phenomenal film yeah with clive owen and julianne moore um and it's an incredible film amazing piece of filmmaking and he was the operator on that and so i knew that when this guy came through the door and wanted to do that that i was in really good Grab shape there. yeah and so he's done all i've done three films and he's done all of them and now he works with Matt Vaughan a lot doing all the Kingsman movies. Oh, flip it, Nick. So, uh, it, you know, it's, a, it's all those sort of things coming together. Sort Let's of talk of Wild Bill. Okay. Because this is what we were talking about. Uh, 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 How did that come round? A lunatic woman called Tony phoned up. Oh, right. And she was banging on about this film. Well, you've got to watch Wild Bill. I'm not going to tell you what happens. She can't be that it. much of a lunatic. Oh, then. she's, mate, she's nuts. She okay. Right, she's nuts. Uh, she's right. probably listening, so I better be careful. She might phone in and we'll never get a word in edgeways. Oh. But she's going, you've got to watch Wild Bill. Watch it to the very last frame. You've got to watch it. Yeah. I, and she, she's one of those people. She's, she's very sweet, bless her. She yeah. goes, I don't want to spoil it for you. But there's this scene. <laughs> yeah. I was going, don't tell me anything about it. She was yeah. like, but, but there's, there's one bit. And I'm going, please don't tell me anything about it. Right. So that was on, on the, the, the Wednesday. And then the Thursday. Yeah. I'm just walking down the street. Bloody hell, it's Dexter Fletcher. <laughs> and I'm. Right. I'm not very good at approaching people, and I saw you were on the phone. I kind of remember. I was. It was at a crossroads, wasn't it? It's just outside. I, we were at the, the. Oh, we stopped at the. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. To, to let the the cars go by. Yes, yeah. around the back of Selfridges. Yes, it was around the back of Selfridges, and you saw me staring at you. I did. God, that's sad. <laughs> that's sad. I, I, I wasn't. I mean, I was. I was slightly you're aroused. Big, you're intimidating. You have a huge beard. Oh, was I intimidating? That's good to know. I did have a slight, very slight. Really? Okay. Well, I'll be going. You That's very, very um, flattering. Thank but you. I thought it was. I thought it was a real coincidence, and um, th- that's why I tweeted you. And blah, blah, yes, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. Blah, blah. so I watched Wild Bill. Yeah, it's not very good, is it? Well, I like it. <laughs> I appreciate that you have a different opinion. It wasn't really and, my and that's to make the world go round. No, it was. I loved it. It was brilliant. I tell you what, it okay. reminded me of. Thank you. Um, is it Dead Man's Shoes? Dead Man's Shoes. It is reminded a great me film. of that. It, it, in one of my favourite. It's, it's a great film. Uh, it's uh, a huge compliment. It's not as as dark as Dead Man's Shoes because no. that scene where they all take loads of drugs. I mean, that's that is seriously oh, dark. It's a great actor called Gary Stretch in that. Yeah. He used to be a boxer. Right, right. Yeah, anyway, it's, yes, it's, it's such great, a good film. It's a great film. 
But it reminded me, um, it, it had a yeah. similar darkness yeah, to yeah. it. I hope you take that as a compliment no, I do, that, it's, I do. that it's intended. How did that come, how did you come about to do Wild Bill? Um, well, like I was saying, the, the, I'd had this story in my head for a long time, and the truth of it was, is that many years ago, when I worked with Bob Hoskins, yeah. when, on the Longer Friday, and I became friends with him, uh, and there was like... Uh, he would come out of a dinner, and, and I was still a kid of, like, 13, 14, 15. He became good friends with my parents. And Bob was like, we should do a film together. And this idea kind of cooked up about a bloke who came out of prison and found his son living alone, right. burgling houses. Was this the first film you did then? Was what, this the, the, the Wild Bill? Wild Bill was the first film I directed, Was yes. it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're good. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> well, yes, I, I did yes, real? I, okay. Well, well, thank you. Oh, it's very, accom- it's very accomplished. Well, it's been a long time in the, in the, in um, the, in the okay, gestation period. Yeah. Anyway, Bob and I sort of came up with this idea, of, and this was 30, 40 years ago. Wow. And it always stayed with me, this idea of a bloke who got out of... Yeah. And then it's about what touches slightly on what we were talking earlier about, you know, how... You know, as a child, you kind of grow up very quickly as a child actor and you have all this adult responsibility. And then and then as an adult, you're sort of still a child. And so I kind of thought that's a really interesting dynamic. You know, if I can get a character who who is essentially a man boy, Mm. a man child, and then a a boy who's a man Mm. and put them together and and then see what happens. That's kind of where I I, I jumped off. So, of course, I put him in prison for eight years. He'd never grown up. He'd never grown out of being that wide boy, wild, bill, dangerous guy. And then his son, I gave him a little brother so that he had to have that parental grown-up responsibility. And then I threw him together. Um, so it's and so it's very personal in that respect because it's it was sort of two sides of my own experience right. in that as a child I was very grown up and as an adult I was completely childish. Yeah, yeah. So and so what I was sort of exploring was looking around those themes and that's how it came around. But also within that, I you know I had my my dark moments. I ended up living in a car with no money. You know, did you really? Yeah, yeah. It got I mean, that bad. It got that bad. Yeah, yeah. Flipping you know, heck. and I and I sort of spiraled down into drugs and drink and all of that number. Yeah. Um. So I thought, well, I've got to use that. That's what needs I need to touch on. I need to talk about what I know. Yeah. So that's where the heart of the story well, is. Well, it's funny, Mitch, that I, I have you know, history with drinking drugs and mm. stuff. And it's really interesting because the drugs in it, they're not glamorous drugs. They're not the fun drugs. It's dark. That scene yeah. where they're up smoking crack for three days and yeah. they're, they're all going a little bit nuts. Yeah, and they're cooking up. The and all that. Yeah, yeah. It's horrible. It is. It's really grim. And it using is. the... Uh, that kid, the, the boy that plays Jamie, it's Jamie, isn't it? Uh, the youngest yeah. one is Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy. He's amazing. Sammy Williams is Absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah, he's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Where did you find him? You know, it's one of those things that, you know, they they say, they, people always say to you, oh, you're casting kids, it's going to take forever, they really are to find kids, yeah. you've got to start now, it's really difficult, kids are really hard to find. And I was like, okay, it's good, because I do know that when kids are not good, they're really bad, yeah, yeah. it's difficult acting, you need experience, you need to know what you're doing, but when you're very natural, it's great. And the first four kids that came in, he was one of those kids. Wow. And wow. I just knew, yeah. uh, because of my own experience, because I knew what I was looking for, because I could see how he works. And Will Poulter, who plays the older boy, yeah. had a, a lot of experience in a thing called school of comedy. Yeah. So I knew I wanted him. And he was desperate to do it, which was great for me. Yeah. And it was his first sort of film as a, as a grown-up. And uh, so I already him and Will was there and I got him working with the, I got these two working together basically and it just sort of flew and I was like, right, if I'm smart, I get this kid, I get Will and I don't interfere. I let yeah, them, yeah. I let them become brothers as much as I could. So I'd say to Will, you know, you really got to buddy him up. You've got to be yeah. his brother. You've got to be his best mate. You've got to be his big brother. And, and that's what Will did. 
and they became very close and 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 that you was, can tell you can yeah, you can see that it totally. really works and and they felt comfortable around yeah. each other which was important and and i and he gives a fantastic performance my favorite scene right and it's, yeah. a, it's a tiny scene but it's an integral one and i as soon as i watched the film i tweeted i've, I've just finished wild bill it's brilliant and someone on twitter pointed out the same thing the bit right towards the end just before the fight when he's going down in the lift yeah and yeah. you just see, it, and nothing happens in his face. He's just getting ready because he knows he's got to have this confrontation. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah, Absolutely well, that's beautiful. That's a testament to Charlie Creed Miles, who plays Bill. Incredible. Well. Yeah, it, was, it doesn't say uh, anything, doesn't do it. It's just his face. Yeah. It's amazing. No, it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was talking to him, actually. Right. While <laughs> that was going on, I was talking to him. And and what he was doing, what we were talk- what I was talking about, as he was going down in that lift, it's a real lift. Yeah. So we was in a real tower block in Newham and they, it was emptying out and it was on the 16th floor. And we were really lucky because we didn't have a lot of money. But on the 16th floor in this tower, the whole tower block was pretty much empty. There was like yeah. three families living in it. In, in, and so Newham Council gave us a whole floor wow. of flats. They were all dead, you know, empty. And we had the 16th floor. And so I got him in the lift and he was going down and I was like, OK, you're coming out of prison and you're getting on the coach and you're going back home. And you're stopping and you phone it. And I just talked him through the yeah. whole film, all the different beats. And in that moment, what's going on is that he's in his head. He's going through the whole, the whole story, story of Brilliant. the film in his head yeah. up until that moment. It's beautiful. And that's, and that's why, for me, it works really well. And although there's nothing said and there's a great little bit of music on it, yeah. it just is just a really, it's a really... How much fun is, is it choosing all the music? It's that must, that must be a great job, just going through your record collection, going, we'll have that, we'll yeah. have a bit of that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you can afford it, that's yeah, the thing. Well. Because, you know, then you, I was like, I've got to have the Clash at the beginning. Yeah. I really wanted this, there's this great um, uh, Clash track called Armageddon mm. Time. You can't get it, because they covered it from some old Jamaican guy right. who sold the rights off to about four or five different people. And you just can't get it. You can buy seventy five percent of the rights, but the last twenty five percent you can't. We don't. We couldn't find it. So I had a really good program about Jamaican music on yeah. Radio Four the other day, and yeah. that was really common. Is that, that that someone will go into one publishing company and sell it, then they go into another publishing company down the road and right. sell it again, and just yeah. keep selling it and selling it. Yeah. Well, that's that's what we came up against because I because I mean I got guns of Brixton. I did yeah. do bad. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, I, 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 it was a result, but. Armageddon time was what I, you know, you do, you sort of put it together in your head, you you kind of put your dream tracks on and then see where you end up. And some of them were just madly expensive and you can't afford it. And others are like really cheap and you go, great, well, have that. You know, we didn't have a big music budget. Listen, (laughs) shut up, for goodness sake. Yeah, yeah. Can you stick around for another five minutes or so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finish my tea, yeah. Put put your headphones on because we've got a couple of calls. Oh, okay. Um, There's a little volume controller if you follow the lead just in case it gets a bit too loud or anything. Let's. Um, oh, do, 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 we, do we do this? Alan, you're through to Dexter Fletcher. Him, 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 boy. Good evening, Alan. Hello. Uh, Dexter, you're a big fan of mine. I watch John Gang and Games Master. I, uh, thank you. I'm t- I can't actually hear you very well because this thing doesn't work. Honestly, you're not really missing a lot. Let me come around and fiddle with this. Are you fiddling with that? Bu- that volume switch is broken, mate. Look at that. That's oh, seriously no, broken. Look, it. I tell you what, take them off. Take them off. Oh no, I mean, I mean, I mean. You in? Yeah, yeah. I've got to plug in. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me now? I can. Is it Alan? Unfortunately, yeah. yes. Alan, but you're a big fan of Press Gang and Games Master. Yeah. <laughs> I got that much. What inspired you to play Spike in Press Gang? What inspired me? Well, they they offered me the job, mate. That was really what it came down to, and um, and they and then they offered me the job. I was 22 at the time, and I think I had a bit of a twinkle in my eye for the girl in it as well. Yeah, was Julia. Yeah, for Julia. So that was good. That all helped. 
And uh, and there was another bloke in it called Paul Reynolds as well, who I who's yeah. a great, very funny actor I really liked. And uh, and then they they gave me the job, so I was like, okay, that's good. And then they then then they suddenly decided that like the eleventh hour that my character should be American. I know that is because I mean, <laughs> so many people have said, uh, uh, as well have said, I didn't know he wasn't American. Yeah. Well, yeah. How, well, how did that meeting go down? You get, what you got called in one day and they said, right, yes, yeah. one thing. Um, how's your American accent? They didn't say how's your American accent. They just like do it in American. <laughs> I was like, sorry. There was a little American producer, a woman called Sandy Hasty, who's a great producer. And it was her kind of baby and uh, and Stephen Moffat. She yeah. kind of found Stephen Moffat wow. and very in the early days. He was a school teacher in Paisley. Wow. And he, and he wrote all of the scripts. Yeah. He wrote absolutely every word of Press Gang. Um, and But it was a, an 11th hour decision. She's American. She was like, yeah, we decided that he should be American. And I was like, okay. And I'd done, the last time I'd done an American accent was probably in Bugsy Malone. Yeah. Well, maybe a bit more than that. Anyway, so I just... If you watch it back now, it doesn't actually stand up, I don't think. Right. Know. But it's it's easy to fool people when they're sort of 12 years old. Yeah, well, you say 12... I mean, I, I, what year was... When, when did Press Gang start? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I was 12. I think it was 89. Oh, you you, you know it was 89, Alan, because Alan, you've been yeah. Wikipedia in it. No, I'm not... I'm not touching the phone, because I've got a black screen on my screen. There we go. Yeah. Um, well, because, you know, it was... I, I remember watching it 16, 17, 18 yeah. years yeah. old. You know, it was very, it was a huge yeah it was thing as yeah. a, a young people's drama. It was smart in that way. Yeah, I mean, I think what I like about it as well is that I meet a lot of journalists now who say, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a I'm a writer, I'm a journalist because of press gang, which wow, is kind really? of yeah, That's incredible. which is kind of cool that um you know that that Stephen inspired a lot of people. Alan, I'm going to cut you off because I think you're scaring Dexter. Sorry. There we go. <laughs> That's he's a, right. He's Al. a real person. All right, all right I uh, believe it. Yeah, let's go to Dana. Hello, Dana. Hip, 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 Serene, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Dana. You're through... Dexter, it's like, like, like swap shop. Good, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Dana, um, is it Dana? It's Dana. It's Dana, yes, yes. Hello. Hello, I'm big, again, like Alan, big fan. Thank you. And I have to say, uh, you know, it may not... You may not have it on the top of your resume yeah. and that, but uh -oh. your your death in um, in Kickass was great. Oh yes, <laughs> no, it's it's up there at the top. Why would I not be proud of that? That's a great film. I'd I'd forgot forgotten about. That. I was crushed in a in a yellow Range Rover by Nick Cage. Yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. forgotten about that. You're very you're very kind to bring it up, Dana. I appreciate that. Some people don't know my more darker recesses of my uh, my career, but that's that's something that needs light thrown on it. It is always a moment, and it's that there's that scene when we're looking from the inside of, the, of that industrial microwave, and you're outside, right. and you're all mousing because yeah. we can't hear because obviously it's soundproofed. Yeah. And the look on your face is—it's just great. It's lovely little moments like that. I know, you know, you know, at the end there, you've done much bigger things and more. No, more sure, it's all work. good. No, but I it's those li little things like that 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 stick in the mind. Um, oh, you know, I just wanted to ask you a question. No, that's right. I do honestly. I genuinely appreciate it. That's, that's good to... I'm, as you can hear, I'm old. Um, you won't know this, but I'm I'm transsexual, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to I'm trying to do the acting thing now. Oh, I did an audition. I had an audition today. Great. How'd it go? Um, well, I think it went well, and you're on my lines, let's put it that way. That's, that's um, the key. That's a bonus. That's the key. You know, I was sitting there on the train muttering to myself the, the lines, but it went well, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Tomorrow, I'm doing some filming in Brick Lane. Okay. And that's just, you know, background. And I've been, over the last few months, been doing a lot of background work. Yeah. But I want to do acting. And <laughs> I wanted to know what your opinion is, because a lot of people say, if you do background work, yeah. you're never, never going to get any acting. And then other people 
No, yeah. no, do background work, get experience, and that helps you. What do you think? Well, I think that there's a, there's an argument for getting the experience. That's certainly no bad thing. And the thing is that there's no defining when a career can maybe take hold mm. and when something can happen for you because there is a sort of element of of not randomness but it's kind of like you know it can happen at any time so i I don't i think the more experience you have of being on a set the less daunted you are when that moment comes when you have to step up and say your lines and and that's a good thing because the key to good acting is confidence and confidence comes through experience and experience comes from being there and doing it as much as you can is what i would say and knowing your lines Mm. like you said i knew my lines and that you know it's like tony hopkins is a great example you know he he is like super diligent on his lines. He's always, always, you know, mm. meticulous about knowing every word, because that gives you freedom. There's no, there's no nerves in the way of of mm. you and then the dialogue. And the other thing is, if you look at someone like Brian Cranston, for example, who's now what just turning sixty, yeah. it's just his career is yeah, suddenly yeah. exploding huge. And 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 so there's no, there's there is no limits on it really. It's just no. about how that moment comes along and how you define yourself in that moment what you do what you how you grab it it's a case of keep on keeping on you know just keep yeah. on. the number of auditions and things i went to before i got my first gig on tv i mean 25 it happened comparatively young but it's just it's, it's a lot of luck involved and just having the right face yeah. that's the thing and, and there's also no doubt i mean like you know i've been acting since i was six years old and i've done huge things and i also spent five years not working at all mm. and yeah. so it's no you know and it didn't stop me being recognized on the bus but at the same time <laughs> you've got no money in the bank and people go hey it's press gang uh, dana thank you i've got to say dexter good luck with it though dana you yep. smell wonderful right oh that's good what thank the hell are that. you wearing <laughs> sorry i'm i'm a that's I'm, great it's good i'm uh, a married man but you smell you smell stunning thank you very much mm. it's it's pen halligan's there's a there's the, a lovely perfumer's called pen there we go tonight. let's have one more call then we'll then we'll, 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 we'll... i've given out a, a plug now maybe, <laughs> they, maybe they'll send me three liters some free stuff, stuff. kelly yeah. kelly's in amsterdam nice hello hello I, I am british i am british but i'm in amsterdam i got your periscope so uh, i had to call in because i'm a huge as the others are i'm a huge fan of dexter fletcher thank you i you know since the uh, press gang days but then i sort of started looking into your cult stuff like raggedy rawney and the wow. rachel papers wow. and i was just looking stalker! on my and stalker alert well, yeah i was a teenager i mean come on and with the american accent and the leather jacket come on yes and, and still, What's not to still. So, he was the james dean of the late 80s <laughs> yes completely <laughs> but fair you. play to him for all his strengths for coming back you know and he's a fighter and he's still going strong and still producing quality work <laughs> thank so, you uh, I just really wanted to say hi, and it's made my day, it's made my life. It's very well. sweet of you, nice? and for mentioning some other dark and lesser-known pieces of my work. <laughs> that's Ke- really wonderful. Thank Kelly, you. thank you so Thanks, much. Kelly. Was it was that in, in your dark days? And I don't want to dwell on that because you, you, you've had many. Was, was there ever any? I'm going to do. I've got to do something else. I'm going to do something else. You, what? You, when, when you oh, were when uh, you were skin, and then it would all, all um, gone pear-shaped. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if there was. You know. I mean, I I think I always no. Is the answer. I mean, I think I had my dark days, but I, I was working, and then when things started breaking down, I, I started. I, I sort of really had to start again. Yeah. And what happened yeah. was that I, I met my wife. Um, of course, she wasn't my wife immediately. She was a theatre director. And that would have been weird. Uh, yeah, it would have been weird. Yes. Oh, you're my wife. That's <laughs> it. Um, uh, no, but it was a, a lovely friend of mine called Alan Rickman, who I'd worked with oh, as, wow. a, as a kid as well, and and Fantastic. he and I bumped into him 
uh, and and I was in a bit of a state, and he looked at me like, wow, what's wrong with you? And then he started, I started getting these calls to go and do theatre, which yeah. I hadn't done for a long time. I did a lot of theatre when I was in my teens, but um, I hadn't done it for a while. Um, and I got calls to go and, you know, meet this director, this Lithuanian theatre director who yeah. trained in Russia, uh, who was doing plays with Mark Rylands and yeah, Phil yeah. Daniels and, and stuff. And I was seriously insecure and, and unconfident. I was like, no, no, no. Eventually, anyway, I went and met this woman who was amazing. And the play was fantastic. And I ended up doing a play in... Um, the old Red Lion in in Islington, yeah, yeah, and um, which is on the street that we live on now. Oh, is it? Yeah, ironically enough. Anyway, but so Do you, don't don't tell people where you live. Oh, You've yeah, heard yeah. the callers that we've got. Oh, yeah, exactly. They come from Amsterdam. Yeah. Track me down. Um, but but I did, I think I just I went through this period where I sort of had to start again, and that's what I did. I went back to a very small theatre, and I and I and I there were sixty people in the audience. It was very small. How did that feel? Did you did, did it feel humiliating? No, no, no. I I've never had a problem being humble right right I, I, you yeah. know I, that, I think that's one strength i have had i understand that you know i've seen many kind of careers and i can i know it just goes up because we down. The, the, we and as I, british people we like we mm. you know it, we like looking at people who, are, who have, have been up there and are back down there and down on their luck yeah. we like to point and stare which that, is a terrible trait uh, that's that's true i think i don't know yeah i mean it's like you know i think an ele- there's an element of of well i don't I don't. I haven't made that mistake, so yeah, it's, I yeah, feel yeah, better yeah. about myself because I've not yeah. made that. And I made mistakes, and I was I was kind of open to doing that, but I'm not so open to it now. Now I, I yeah. want to keep working and 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 being good at what I do. And um, whereas before I kind of didn't care about myself or what I yeah. delivered, but but that changed. And um, so I had these periods of not working a lot uh, on earning very little money, if, if not nothing at all. But I. I was redefining how I approached what I wanted to do. So I kind of went, I'm starting from scratch. I think that's really inspiring. I, I have to put that all away and yeah. say, okay, I was in a film with Al Pacino playing his son at 19. That is gone. Yeah. That's gone. And that's I amazing to, to be able to have done that. I, I was, yeah, I was, I, it was, it was, a, I mean, it was a light moment. The light went on moment, but I did. I, and then I, so now where I've got to where I am, I feel it's like my big second chance yeah. round. That's why it's much more important uh, to me. You, th- it's, it's fascinating watching your directing career kind of, you know, just go up yeah. and up and up. Wild mm. Bill, fantastic. Of course, Thank the um, the Sunshine, Sunshine on Leith. The Proclaimers yes. musical. Yes. What was, why, why, where did <laughs> that, that about? Where, what oh. is that? Where did that idea come from? <laughs> it was, they, they did it as a musical in, in Dundee. It was a musical. Yeah. Uh, the, this this writer sort of said that he sat around with a bottle of scotch one night. Goes, why is there a Scottish guy called uh, Greenhorn, uh, um, Stephen Greenhorn? Yeah. And um, he's like, there's no Scottish musicals. And he was listening to Sunshine on Leith, the album. Yeah. And he was like, I'm going to make this into a musical. Yeah. He approached the guys, and they did it in in Scotland for a while up there in Dundee. And then uh, some smart ticket bought the rights to make it into a film, and it somehow found its way to me. Uh, is that how it works now? But you things things you get big Manila envelopes with with scripts and yeah, it starts. Yeah, people come wow. to you and say, "Look, we have this project. What would you do?" And you have to read it and go, "Right, this is what I think." And wow. right? and, and you know, obviously, I'm not the only person it goes to. Yeah. It goes to but you have to sort of throw your hat in and 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 sort of throw your vision at it and and hope that they get excited and so when that came i was like of course after wild bill it was all sort of like gangster stuff and i you know the yeah. stock and all of that I and mean, i was like and and that was the, what i wanted to do with wild bill was trying to move away from that i built wild bills are like a, a conscious effort to not just fall into the same tropes mm. of, of of what the gangster london yeah. gangster movies are oh, that's why it's about family yeah. it's not about 
drugs or anything else. It's about, you know, a bloke and his kids. Um, and so then when the musical came, I was like, right, I'm going to do a musical because... Yeah. And it's about Scotland as well. And no, you know, it's about this Scottish family. So I just thought it was so different and far removed. That, and, and I love musicals. I do like them. I love old Gene Kelly films, yeah. you know. One so, thing, so I'm just going back yeah, to Wild Bill. I've, maybe I'm, I'm making mm-hmm. too much of a leap. Mm-hmm. The bit when he's um, stood outside the shop with the pole, with the sign, yeah. three quid an hour. Yeah. Is that you? <laughs> that kind of just ties in with what you were saying about going back and doing plays in front of 40 people I and stuff there, for a few there, quid. I, I, it was very important that the, ca- the character learnt to be humble. Yeah. He learnt to understand that, you know, if you if you want something enough... And you want it in the right way. You can't just fall back into what you did before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and just There's no shortcuts. There, there isn't. You you can't. Yeah. You you you've either got to make a choice to change. You can't sit on two chairs at once. Mm. You either sit on one or the other. And if you're sitting on, you choose that chair. It means you might have to start again. And that's what yeah. he does. He starts again. You know, for very little money. But he's got to do it the right way. He can't let his kids go back into yeah. care. Oh, it's that's such a good his, film. That's his responsibility. Uh, listen, I'm going to let you go, but I, very okay. quickly, of course, the, the the Eagle Edwards yes film yes well, that yeah. must have been fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was great. Uh, yeah, I, I got to work with an old mate of mine, producer Matt Vaughan, yeah. who produced Lock Stock back in the day. He was, yeah, he's, and and did Kick Ass and Stardust. He directed Kick Ass. Kick Ass. You mean Kick Ass? Kick Ass. <laughs> yeah, um, Kick Ass. I call it. But uh, he directed those. He was an old friend. Yeah. And he, he brought me the script and and said, "Look, I think this guy Taron should play Eddie the Eagle." And yeah. I was like, "Really? He's a bit good looking because Eddie." wasn't really that much yeah, of Yeah, I've worked with Eddie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's a unique look. He's a unique look. And, and Taron looks like a movie star. Yeah. But then I started working with him. We worked together and we put on the glasses and started pulling a few faces. And I was like, <laughs> OK, maybe this could work. And then and then he said, look, I've been talking to Hugh Jackman. I was like, <laughs> really? <laughs> OK, I'm really interested in this. And then I met Eddie and I was like, wow, he's quite... You know what did it for me? As I saw Eddie on Splash. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Oh. And, I, and, I, and I'd never really thought about it before. And I was like, yeah. look at this guy's attitude. Yeah. Look at him win. Yeah. He's got an Olympic attitude. And that's what sort of flipped it for me. It was like, oh, he's an Olympian. And yeah. that's different. Because from... he, he, when he was Eddie the Eagle, he was completely serious about it. Yeah, he, was, yeah. he was determined. Absolutely. And he, But you've got, a, you know, being an Olympian's not a half measures thing. It's yes. like. And I, and I and that I respected. And then I thought, okay, Andy has a family. We have yeah. to we have to be respectful of that. And so then I approached it in a very different way. Yeah. And I hopefully made a film that's kind of it smiles with him and it has a laugh at him, but yeah. at the same time it treats him with a bit of. Um, what are you working on next? You, you, you do you got a film in the works now? Uh, yeah, something it, for next year. Is it top secret? It, it is. A oh come bit. on, Dex! You were no, ten minutes late. I, come on! I know. I know. I'd love to be able to give you some tip. Bit of it. It might involve ghosts. Really. Yeah. Okay. It might involve ghosts. It's not Ghostbusters too, is it? It's not Ghostbusters two. No, I'm not a ghost head. In that case, I'm not. I'm not interested. uh, No, no, no. It's it's not a part two. It's an original idea. Oh wow! Fantastic. About a high school. (laughs) Look at you. You're one of those people that that wants to say more. I so want to say. Look at you. I'm the worst for it. I'm getting so much. I'm not going to push you. But but, but, uh, yeah. Dexter, listen. uh, Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for not giving me a smack when I was staring at you at traffic lights. It's never too late. Uh, (laughs) You know, don't. You know, the good job the tea was nice. Thank you for being a good, uh, good, uh, you know, sport on Twitter. And um, any time you want to come in and play stuff, I appreciate people liking the film, and I appreciate you. Thank you. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio. 
Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Well, I said that privately to my team, but I'll say it publicly to you, dear listener. Wasn't he the nicest? What a nice man. I'm surprised Tony didn't phone in. At Dex Fletch, if you want to speak to him. And genuinely, well, I said, I said, I, I, I didn't want to dwell on it too much because it's really easy to dwell on the on the kind of the dark side and the downside and stuff. But genuinely, what an inspiration to um, have 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 you know been working and been famous and made a lot of money and then to end up living in a car and to go back to basics and start again. And it's true, just because you're out of work and you're skint, and you live in a car, um, it doesn't stop you being famous. It doesn't stop you being famous. So people still recognise you, even when you're down on your ass. And to have the humility to go back and start from scratch and do unpaid work, probably a little bit of profit share, a few quid here and there, playing to audiences of 40 people, 50, 60 people, um, and to then make a success a second time around, that's incredible, isn't it? That's absolutely incredible. And, and to be a nice bloke with a sense of humour. And to be 50? What the hell? When did that happen? When did we all get so old? Um, and he has got a really good sense of humour because I. It, it's funny that he, he's right. It's funny that he spotted me. It was around the back of Sainsbury of, of Selfridges. How funny he spotted me! I thought I was being dead subtle, um, but obviously I wasn't. Um, and he has got a sense of humour because when I approached him on on Twitter, I mentioned him on Twitter. He got right back and we exchanged some very um, well. I'll be honest, some very rude private messages, and then he phoned me up today. And I was in bed. I didn't get up till about. Well, I didn't get up. Didn't get up till half uh, past four. I didn't wake up until about half past one too. And um, I phoned him. I said, "I'm Dex. I'm still in bed." He said, "I don't want to know that. I don't want to know that." What a nice bloke. And uh, Wild Bill is an absolute joy. I've not seen the other two films, but I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna put them on my list of films to watch because he's. Um, He's, he's a clever lad. He's a clever lad, Dexter Fletcher. Um, onwards and upwards with the show. 0344 499 1000. Now, we were going to do a mean show today, but I don't think I can do it after speaking to Dexter. So can we do it tomorrow? Can we do it? Can we be mean tomorrow? Because I want to be mean. And when I say mean, I mean, um, maybe we should get, maybe we should, i tell you what we'll do. We'll have a think. We need to get a couple of guests on for tomorrow's show. This is what we'll do. We'll do the mean show tomorrow, okay? And when I say mean, I mean the, the usual kind of um, obnoxious stuff that when you turn on speech-based radio, you get your Julie Hartley Brewers, your Katie Hopkins, that kind of vibe. So, um, Kath, have a little think about guests we can get for tomorrow. Um, I'd like to destroy a liberal... Please, so we can find. And I'm being very vague because I, I don't quite know if I can pull it off. I want to destroy. A, I want to humiliate a liberal live on air. And if we can get like, um, like a pro Brexit and an 
anti-Brexit. Can we get them on together and have a good old argument and I'll be on the side of the pro-Brexit and we'll destroy the Bramona together? Do, yes, I do want you to stitch people up, yes. Let's get a pro-Brexit and a Bramona on and me and the Brexiteer will take the Bramona down to a little place I like to call London Town because we don't have no Chinese there. Um, so we'll do that tomorrow. I don't know if I can pull off a full-on mean show. I mean, there's a great story in the paper. That there's Nigel. We'll come to you in a minute. I promise. There's um, there's a great story. There's several great stories in the paper today that would have made it a little bit easier. Oh, where is it? Hang on a minute. I've written it down. I've written it down in the wrong paper. Um, hang on. There's a great story about Tony Christie. Tony Christie. National... Is he British, Tony Christie? Yeah. National treasure. Tony Christie. Where is it? I've, um... Some, I've written it down in the wrong paper. Hang on a second. Oh, flipping it. I wrote it... There we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Maybe it's in the mail. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. If I was doing a mean show, this is great. Amarillo singer... Tony Christie's terror as hooded migrants ambush his tour bus in Dunkirk. Now, this has to stop, okay? These bloody migrants... I can sort of do it. I I think I can do it. These bloody migrants, right, trying to get into this country and now attacking... Tony Christie, a national treasure, he's 73 years old. Let's read on. Singer Tony Christie last night described his terror. Outrageous. And that's what they do. They terrorise. Literally, in the case of um, uh, Muslim extremists, and metaphorically, in the case of um, the uh, immigrants trying to come over here. Terror after his band were ambushed on their tour bus bus by crowbar-wielding migrants trying to get to Britain to get benefits and to steal jobs from you. No doubt one of these foreigners, these, um, what do they call them, uh, economic refugees, economic migrants, no doubt one of these people wants to steal Tony Christie's job. (laughs) I'm sorry, buddy. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. There's only one Tony Christie. He's white. He's British. He's probably a Christian. The 73-year-old and his wife, Sue, 68, were asleep on the jumbo cruiser vehicle heading home through France when a gang... Hang on a minute, he was asleep when it happened. It weakens my argument slightly, as he said it was terrified. Anyway, maybe they woke up mid-attack. Uh, when the gang of five-hooded migrants surrounded their driver as he filled up at a petrol station in Dunkirk, as the driver, Gareth Owen, was distracted by the gang, another migrant broke into the trailer carrying stage equipment. When the gang dispersed, Christie's tour manager, Paul Smith, opened up the trailer and found the stowaway who bolted out and threatened to kill him with a crowbar before finally fleeing into the night. 
In the melee, one of the guitarist fellas, he rushed out of the coach and broke his wrist. Unbelievable. Now, the thing is, guys, the thing is, these people, they'll try and break into Tony Christie's tour bus. If they'd got into Tony Christie's tour bus, they would probably have killed him, done all manner of unspeakable things to his body, um, and then driven over here and claimed benefits. And uh, they'd get... I don't know if you're um, waiting for council housing. These people would have got that council housing before you. They would have jumped ahead of you in the queue, despite the fact they've killed Tony Christie. I can do it. I think I can pull it off. We'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow... Oh, don't get me started on um, British celebrity Ian Brady as well. We'll do it tomorrow. I think I can do it. There's enough There's enough anger within me. There's enough anger within me, Nigel, that I think I can pull this off. Oh, hi, Ian. The flipping. How you doing? I'm all right, Nigel. Yeah. How's Is your downstairs? Tony, do you mean Tony Christie? Yes, Tony Christie's been murdered by migrants. He hasn't. He hasn't, but he, he nearly did. He nearly got murdered by migrants. Oh, that's terrible. Tony Christie nearly got murdered by migrants. Was he going on tour? Yes, mate. Mm. In I Europe. In pa- I didn't see it in the papers. Was it in the papers? It's in... Have you read today's papers? No, no I haven't read the paper today yet. Well, that's no. why... That's why... That's why... Um, I didn't know. That's why you didn't see it in the papers, because it was in the papers <laughs> today. <laughs> Fun times. Fun times. He hasn't been murdered, has he? Um, he was... Nearly. Murdered by migrants. No, I can't believe it. Unbelievable. No. Mm. You, you're not joking, are you? Yeah, he was nearly murdered by migrants. Oh, nearly murdered. Nearly. Yeah. Sorry, did I oh, not say that word loud enough? No. Tony Christie was... Oh. But he murdered. could have been, couldn't he? He could, you know? t- could very well have been. He's lucky he got away. He's lucky he got yeah. away completely untouched and unscathed. They, they do claim be- benefits quicker than we can get them sometimes when they come over, don't they? What, what rock singers? They're migrants. They from, do. From they do. Mm. Of course they and, do. No, and, have, have you been to the doctor's surgery recently? Yes, yeah, full of migrants. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? <laughs> you can't get an appointment. Why yeah, is that? Because of Islamic terrorists. If you're trying to get a council house and you're English, you can't get one. No, they, they, you're right. Mm. They are not giving council houses to English people no, anymore. No, only, only, Nigel, uh, they're only giving council houses to Muslim terrorists. A friend of mine who was waited five years to get a council house, and he said that, that, that the migrants got in before he did. Yep, yep, yeah. yep, 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 yep. Does he live, does he, is he married? He lives in Maystone. No, he was single. Got, got he, kids? Don't know, they're all grown up. Yeah, and, and so where was, where was he living at the time? Well, he, he was a homeless in Maystone, and now he's got a council house eventually after but, five years. But after the Islamic terrorists. Mm. Yeah, outrageous. It's terrible. It is awful. And he's English. I mean, it's, it's you, in your what? own place, you should get your own house what, White fella? Is he white? Yes, yeah, Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, it really does. We're going to hell in a handcart, Nigel. Mm. Um... I did ring up about the. Well, the vid- I saw the videos on YouTube about the 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 um the the do the thirtieth do. I forgot what I was going to say. The thirtieth do the videos. The thirtieth do. You know the one in the pub. The thirtieth do. The, 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 you know the something ring. The something ring. Oh yeah, ring. the something ring. The talent ring. The talent ring. Yes. Yeah. I tell you what, I Nigel, we're going to go to a break. Stay there. We'll come to you after this. Only because nobody else has called in. 
Tony Christie was nearly murdered by migrants and they're not giving flats to white people, only to Islamic terrorists. I think I can do it. Tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do a hate-filled um, show. I think I can pull this off. I really do. Um, 0344 499 1000. Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late Night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. One, two, three, four. in the iTunes dance chart and I have and I know controversially Nigel yes I have pulled it from iTunes uh, you said earlier yeah, I did sure. say and also also mm. I've blocked you from messaging me on Facebook I, I know yeah I, I know yes yes because I'm not a doctor no and um, also oh, how, yes. I have sent your check for 60 pounds to you today Oh, thank you very much. You're very Merry Christmas. Thank you very much. Merry it, Christmas. It take a, a while to get here because um, the post, the post might. They're, they're going on strike, by the way, aren't they? Alex? No, they're not, are they? Yes, another week strike. Oh, what about Christmas? They've cancelled I mean. Christmas. At Christmas. It always, it's almost as if they're too mm. lazy. They do it on purpose. Yeah, it's almost as if they do it on purpose. 
Yeah, um, I was going to say, do you play that record very often on the show, that one you've just played? No, nope. nope, I haven't played it for ages. Oh, but you did, a, you did in the, uh, we've played it now, haven't you? Most I played it, it then, yeah, yeah. We, but mm-hmm. we don't get any money for that. No. No. Um, I, I like that one, but they're, they're, I think they're both good, really. The Miley Cyrus one's good as well. I've got... Yeah, I enjoyed those videos that Dan and the other guy put together. Yeah, Dan and the other... The, the other What's guy the other gave... Guy's name? The, uh, the other guy gave the, me... The a, one who produced the videos. Yeah, the other guy gave me a whole tin of minty biscuits mm. yesterday. And do you know what um, I did when I got home from ta- performance ring last night? Yeah. I ate them all. <laughs> And I felt sick. Well, you shouldn't have eaten them all. Yeah. Now you tell me! Now um, you tell me! I, the, 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 the Wurzel Gummidge thing I haven't heard yet. You've made up a song and you sing it over the radio. The Wurzel Gummidge. Aunt Sally. Aunt Sally. You know Aunt, with Aunt Sally in? The bit, old uh, series. Yeah, bit, give me a bit more, Nige. Well, I've made up a jingle about Aunt Sally and it goes like this. Aunt Sally, Aunt Sally, I'm coming down the road to do it again. Aunt Sally, Aunt Sally, I'm doing my garden again. That That's the sort of rhythm. Well, so it was identical to the rhythm of all of your other songs. <laughs> Shit. Uh, what, I haven't heard yours yet, have I? <laughs> well, I've not, I've not read one. Where has this rumour got around? I've written an Aunt Sally oh, song. Oh, it was uh, someone... Uh, I someone could, uh, if uh, I, no, I were to Russ, make uh, up... If I were to make up an Aunt Sally song now, it would mm. be a, a million times better than that. No, no, it wasn't an Aunt Sally song. It was a word or gummage song. Uh, well, yours was an Aunt Sally song. No, no, that's the one. No, I made that one up. But it's what there's a word that uh, Russ Caldell called it. Russ Caldell wanted me to make one up about um, yes. about uh, World of Gummage. Well, go on then. But I can't. I can't at the moment. I haven't been thinking about that one. But you've you've made one up, haven't you? No. Oh, no. he's asked me to make one up, so I've got to think about doing that. Maybe for has next he, week. Then. Has he commissioned you to write a Wurzel Gummidge song? Well, because... He wrote some words down for me, but they were they were quite rude words. Oh. and I don't really want to do rude words. No, you Christmas. don't want to go blue, Nigel. Keep it above no, the no, waist. Because the other two songs were quite blue, weren't you they? You can't do a, you can't do a rude song not when we're thinking of Baby Jesus, or as my boys no. call him, Tiny Jesus. Silent night, what? holy night. All is calm, all is bright. <laughs> they say, say, actually, say, can't do mucky songs. The next line's about everyone standing round a virgin. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, uh, the song I like best is Chestnuts Roasting on an Open, open fire. fire. But the chestnuts could be something rude, couldn't they? Your, your balls, your testicles. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, why would you put your testicles in a fire, Nigel? <laughs> that's not going to help the problem you mentioned to me about. No, no. But I've got to go to the doctors but about it, what I was talking to you about. If I, I you are a blood test yet? If you are, if you are roasting it's your certain. testicles, that would explain mm. the, the, the delicate matter you mentioned to me in confidence. No, no, no. My testicles are all right. Okay, uh, but they're not. No, but they're I not. To, I need to get a blood test, don't I? Well, I don't but, know. I'm not a doctor. You, but, mm. Why don't you ask? Why don't you put it mm. out to the listeners what your problem mm. was? No, no, no. Rather, it's private. Okay. Why did you tell me? Why did you tell me about it? I'm private, because I was worried about it. Well, I know. I, well, go, mm. go and see a doctor. I'm a bloke mm. who used to be on the telly in the late 90s. I, mm. I, my, my medical licence, sadly, and I'm, I'm still, I'm still going to mm. fight this, my medical licence was revoked over a, um, a series of uh, what I thought were hilarious blunders. The families involved didn't. Mm. Um, so, at uh, the moment, I'm, legally, I'm not able to give 
medical advice. Hey, Nigel, do me a favour. Yeah. Say hello to Ken. Hello, Ken. Good evening, Nigel. I haven't heard you for years and years. Uh, <laughs> was you on Talk Sport before? Yes, I used to be on Talk Sport. You used to talk with James Whale. Used to... Oh, right, yeah. How are you keeping, young man? How are you doing? Mm. You keeping okay? Not too bad, Ken. Um, well, don't don't uh, forget that don't forget this Christmas that Jesus is concerned about you, Nigel. Don't forget yes. God. Yes, I, I do pray twice a day. To Jesus. Yes. Or to the other one, no, the dark God. one. I pray to God twice a day. Which God, though, Nigel? Our well, God or that, their God, God? God in the sky. Well, which one, Nigel? Is it our? How many arms has he got? <laughs> it's just it's just something you you, you think might work. How many it? arms has the god you're praying to got? Well, it's human being, two arms. Is, hang on, you're praying to a human being, Ken. That's not right. You can't be praying to a human being. That's a false idol. Well, um, like Jesus, Ken, was a human Nigel, being. Ken, mm. Nigel's a mm. sinner. Mm. Well, Jesus, hello, oh, Ian. Hello, oh, Ian. Good evening, Ian. Listen, we're all sinners. Mm. The good, listen, at Christmas time, which this country is sadly... At Christmas time, at Christmas time, it, I think, because we're all sinners, it's probably yeah, best yeah. to get really stuck into some good Are sin. Are you a sinner, Ian? Oh, yeah, sinning all the time. What uh, do you do? Ron? Oh, I, um, I had, um, <laughs> oh, I, I, I made love to a trombone recently. <laughs> imagine! Imagine the sin involved there! Yeah. Terrible, and, terrible. And animals as well. Some people make love to animals. Whoa, dude! Where did that listen, come listen. from? Ian, uh, I, heard, Ian. I read it in the paper. Yeah. Ian, there's good news for every sinner. The good news is that Jesus Christ was born. Ken, Ken, there's good news for every listener to this show. Yeah, the I'm more the better, really. Shall I tell you what it is, Ken? Shall I tell you what the good news is, Ken? The good news... I'm cutting you off because you're boring. Oh, dear. He was boring. Can I sing your Christmas song quickly, then? You just sang two. One of them was about your testicles being no, on fire. No, properly. Uh, prop, prop, do it properly this time. OK, Nigel. Do over it, to you. It roasting on an open fire properly. Here we go. Just, just, I'll try and cut it down as short you, as no, I can. You, I tell you what, you d- do the whole song, because it is Christmas. Yes. I will do the whole song if you don't cut me off. Oh! OK, then. Yay. Right, here we go, then. Yep. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire And Jack Frost nipping at your nose And your tight carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up as Eskimos Everybody knows Some turkey and some mistletoe Help to make the season thrive And tiny tots with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight. They know that Santa's on his way. His loaded love to take and to live on his way. And if you never try, you can Peace. 03444991000. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Some people are asking, how can you make love to a trombone? I use the mouthpiece. I'm embarrassed. Is that what? No? Too much? Too much? Oh three. Four four. 499-1000 is the telephone number. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Um, hang, on. <clears throat> hang on a second. Um, hello, I'm from New Zealand. Hello, this is Ed speaking. I'm from New Zealand. Let me just practice. Hello, 
This is Ed. Hello, this is Ed. Hello, Talk Radio, Ed speaking. Right, OK. Hello, Talk Radio, Ed speaking. Hello, Ian. It's Ken again. Did you cut me off there? This is Ed speaking. Would you like to speak to Ian? Hello. Hello. Who's speaking? This is Ed speaking. You, you're, you've called Talk Radio. This is Ed. Would you like to go <laughs> through uh, on the air to Ian? Yes, sir, because I'd like to speak about the, uh, the problem with Islamic terrorism. I thought he said he'd allow me to do that tonight. Yeah, that's, Ian's, this, Ian's bottled out of that, and he's decided he's going to do that, the Islamic uh, terrorism threat tomorrow show. Oh, tomorrow's show. So why don't, why don't you give him a call tomorrow, and uh, okay. we can talk about the Muslims. Okay, then, Ian. Thank Are you, Ed? This, this <laughs> is Ed speaking. Ed, where are you from, Sydney? No, mate, I'm from New Zealand. I'm a Kiwi. I like fush and chops. <laughs> I love getting a good nosh up of fush and chops. love getting my <laughs> face dirty. You have yourself a good night, Ian. And I, oh, I hope he saw through that. Come on, Ed. That was that was spot on. Not too bad. You're getting a little bit close to Australian there. Well, it's better than last effort, which was a bit South African. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's, getting uh, there. I can take um, criticism constructively, which that was. Thank you. You're welcome. But also, I'm talent. You're a knob twiddler. Don't ever talk to me again. Cash, okay. Don't even let him look at me. Um, let's go to... Oh, flipping heck, they're all coming out of the woodwork today. It's Jessica. Um, hello, Ian. <laughs> so are you crying? Um, no, oh. I mean, it's... Uh, well, I should be, really. I what? mean, after that vocal rendition from Nigel there, who wouldn't be in tears? Well, um, anybody who has a keen sense of uh, a vague understanding of music would would be uh, uh, upset. But Nigel's an all right singer. You know, when he does the ballads, he's an all right um, singer. He's just a wacko. I think the problem is this, that um, is Nigel is with, no, with the problem with Nigel yes. is this. Go. That um, about, up until about two weeks ago, I thought it was quite funny. I yeah. mean, obviously mental, yes. like as in, hand, you know, as in, funny mental. Yes, until and then, he, and then and then he, there was that particular call and that particular remark and that particular thing that you, you know, once you've heard it, you can't unhear it. Is this for the, are you talking about when I asked him what date Christmas was and he yeah. didn't know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that is partly why I deleted the tracks from iTunes. They may still be on there. They'll be get taken off this week. Um, but also because he does send me quite intimate yeah. medical problems. Um, and because also he's driving me nuts asking for this money that I won't get for months and months and months. So I've sent him a cheque for his money. We're done. We're finished. We're out of here. The band has split up. I'm sorry. Um, but Nigel, you know, Nigel is what but Nigel is. And um, uh, maybe, maybe, Jessica, maybe I allow some of the callers to get too close to me. Maybe. I think he thinks he's found a friend. Yes. Um, I mean, that other guy's obviously got a friend in Jesus, and I think Nigel has found you as a bit of a kind of yes. um, outlet for his singing ability. Yeah. And I guess it makes him happy, and it makes us happy. And that one tonight was very, very good. It was it was good. It was yeah. nice. It yes. was Christmassy. It was like the vocal equivalent of, I don't know, turning on your late-night loser lights or something. Oh. Um, but he obviously has got... Um, some problems, but who has... Would you 
would you send him through to boot camp? Would you send him through to boot camp? I would. I would send him through to boot camp yeah. where he would be surely, I don't know how they do this thing, but surely assessed by somebody at some point that goes, you know what, it is funny, but it's not that funny when it's not really funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is why I can't watch The X Factor, because I used to like The X Factor, but I only used to like the first couple of rounds. And then, I, then it dawned on me after a couple of years... Oh, hang on, these people are actually mentally ill, and we're all laughing. That, that's the joke is, they are mentally ill people that have been tricked into, uh, by producers and runners and people lower down the TV food chain into thinking they might actually have a shot when it's a freak show. Well, I mean, I think I think it's become a little bit more commercialised than that. I mean, Honey G, um, I mean, I didn't even watch that final last night because I was just tired of it. But um, that Honey G thing, what a brilliant phenomena. Um, I mean, you know, she is going to be a... Ne- who, who knew Honey G at the start of the year? Honey G at I, the end of the year? I, so this is, I, I literally, honestly, this isn't only word of a lie. I haven't seen any of the X Factor for about 10 years. The only bit I saw was about three weeks ago when Little Mix were on um, and um, their skirt, their, their pants were up their bum. And I thought, oh gosh, that's a little bit. But, but even without having seen the TV show, I know who Honey G is. And you're right, she's going to have a, she'll have a great year, she'll sell a couple of records, she'll do a few tours, and then she'll go in the Big Brother house. Beautiful! Do you know what? And um, I mean, for me, um, like it's an interesting marketing kind of brand of that that woman because I did expect at some point, like about a month ago, for her to say, right, okay, so yeah, it's it's an act. It's like a core, like she should be calling your show like a comedy caller. She's like a comedy X Factor, surely. But then it turned out that probably she wasn't. And apparently, um, because I watched a little bit of it on Saturday, and then it was on again on Sunday or something, wasn't it? Um, On Saturday. They, they gave her her own song. She, like, yeah. sang a song, like a medley. It and she brilliant. got booted out a couple of weeks ago, did she? Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. But they obviously thought, right, the way to, that we kind of rock Wembley on Saturday night yeah. and obviously add a couple more zeros to the already huge row of zeros that are just chicken ka-ching, ka-chinging up. Ka-ching-ing. I mean, Simon Cowell must be sitting there going ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Ka-ching, ka-ching, I mean, ka-ching. She was amazing. It, it was brilliant. It but, does I mean, sound like, Jessica, it does sound... Like, you've watched quite a lot of The X Factor. No, do you know what I do, though? I watch it on the i I watch it, like, on the the iPad, you know I mean? It's like you mm-hmm. see the little links and you think, well, I will just watch. Yeah. It's like that Ed Balls Gangnam-style dance. I've seen it about five times. Did Ed Balls do Gangnam-style? It was just, oh. you, you're not going to pretend to me that you have not no, seen that. No, honestly, Jessica, I, I haven't seen it. No. And I, I swear to you in my life, oh, I hadn't yeah, seen like, it. I don't so really. That's your homework for the night. Oh there God, go. no! I don't really. Uh, the only bit of that I saw was um, when he he dropped that woman and he caught her by the <laughs> by the fanny, and he caught her that. I saw that bit. It's so it's almost. I don't know. It's almost gallant. You you wait in about forty years time. It'll be hauled up in court for that. Yeah. Um, but um, I I don't really watch TV anymore, Jessica. Uh, I t- I've started to watch a little bit of TV. I have yeah. got a TV, and this year is the first time I've ever bought a TV license. Oh. I know. Um, but, um, I've, yeah, that, that Ed, just Google Ed Balls no. Gangnam Style. No. No. Um, it's safe for work. Okay. Well, no, I don't know, really. Mm. You, you, but um, it, it's just a thing of beauty, and it's one of those things that you watch it and you think, okay, yeah. all right, fair enough. Um, he's got some balls, you know, and um, it's the same with, yeah, and Honey G out of the X Factor and... I don't know what it says. The girl that won the I'm a Celebrity. I mean, look at that. The girl that won I'm a Celebrity. 
got famous by watching TV, like, by watching I'm a Celebrity. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. But good for her. Good for her. You know, I like I, the, her. all these people. I think she's funny. Yeah, all these. I, again, I've not seen her, but all these people knocking her because, well, she's not a celebrity. Well, they, the, the, the producers thought she was a big enough draw. People voted yeah. for her. The, what, the, the definition of a celebrity has changed massively. Absolutely. And I'm kind of cool with that. You know, before it used to be, it was movie stars and it was actors and it was rock stars. And now it's people, you know, if people recognise you from being on the telly, watching the TV programme, then you're a celebrity. Do you know what? It's like, it's like Nigel is a celebrity. No. No, he, he's, look, look what you've done for him. You put him in the iTunes chart. Yeah, number 32 in the dance chart. You did that for Nigel. (laughs) He's become like a radio celebrity. That's all it takes. Yeah. He's like, you know. And Nigel's one of those overnight successes. Someone has just tweeted me. One hit wonder. Um... I didn't, really think, I didn't really think that other song was catchy. Oh. It didn't have a catchy kind Noah, of... Noah, Noah said it's like... like stepping, Lindsay Lohan. It's like <laughs> stepping back in time. I remember the same two guys uh, referring Kent to Holy Ken and uh, Nigel calling oh. up the James Whale show over ten years ago with the exact oh. same act. Well, That's James cool. has been doing the same act for 20 years or so, so wh- why shouldn't Nigel and Ken? Do you know what? Um, I never really listened to James Whale, to be honest. No, he's um, overrated. No, well, I mean, I do, I think, I mean, he was in Big Brother, wasn't he? You see, look, I know all these little, I don't even know how I know these things. Because you watch a lot of telly and read a lot of crap and listen to Nick Abbott. No, do you know what? Um, Well, I don't even listen to Nick Abbott anymore. I haven't listened to Nick Abbott since July. Oh, you got bored of the Trump Um, I just got a bit bored of Nick Abbott. I think he's a bit bored of himself at the moment, so once he kind of... Maybe he'll he'll um, sort of have a good new year. He's unusually forever of a. I think Nick Abbott is one is one of the greatest um, uh, broadcasters of all time. But um, but um, you know, and he's found what works for him within that environment, within the LBC framework, which is um, which is. You know something? I think that it's like Clive Bull. If you if you were using those words to describe Clive Bull, they would apply, and I would also. Agree. Yeah. Because I think Clive can pay, you know, he's playing that corporate game. I used to call Clive Bullock and say things like, Clive, um, I saw a seal in the Thames when I was coming into work today. And that's all it would take yeah. to get through, you know, to get on. Clive's a genius. Clive is, Clive is a genius. And I, yeah. and I say this without any hint of irony. I think Clive is the greatest radio broadcaster working in this country and one of the best in the world because he can do anything. He can do what they want him to do now. He could do the nonsense that I used to do. He can do absolutely anything. And, and, and I've got so much love and respect for Clive Ball. I love Clive Ball so much. Um, I mean, I must have, like, at, at one point, this must be about seven years ago, perhaps when I first started calling you. Yeah. Um, I remember my very first call to Clive Ball because I used to work this night shift down in Canary Wharf and we had nothing to do most of the night yeah. and we would just call the radio and it, it would just be like, oh, do you know what, I'm just going to sort of go on the radio. Mm-hmm. And it was there was no sort of agenda or even a topic. Well, that's what like this show is now. He said trying to steer Ooh. it back to the station because his bosses oh, get yeah. itchy when he talks about the other place too much. Oh. That's what this show is. You know, what, what I'm no, trying I'm... to do is do a sh- phone-in show where it's not about anything and people can call in about nothing. Well, I think that um, I've been listening to the show oh. and I like the show very, very much. But? Um, I started watching the show a little bit on the Periscope. I didn't like that so much. You didn't have to do it. It wasn't compulsory. I know. No? Um, so I did watch that performance in Periscope last night. Oh, my God. Oh. Is that a good, now, is that a good OMG or a bad OMG? Well, first of 
all, that woman that sang those songs, the oh, blonde woman... Portia, yeah, yeah. <gasps> what a voice! She, she was dead nervous, because she hasn't done it since she had a kid. She uh, said her boy's five years old, and she hasn't you know done what? it since then, and she was brilliant. She was amazing. Wouldn't I she don't just? know what it was like. Yeah. I, I would imagine that it was... Was it quite a small place that you were in? It yeah, there's about, like, about 100 people there. Well, it looked amazing. She sounded amazing. Yeah. And you could tell it really mattered to her, and I thought... You know, it looked like it was a very supportive audience, a bit yeah. rowdy, but, you know. Um, but she was amazing. Yeah. Um, the guy, the comedian guy that yeah. made up the funny song about whatever, Mr... Yeah. Oh, Mr Bum, yeah, Ross, Ross Lee. Yeah, yeah, he was good, didn't he? He was very good. I'd never seen him before. Yeah. Um, and who else? There was something else as Did well. Did you see the guy eating the custard? Oh, do you know what? I didn't like that bit. Oh. Well, that was, uh... Never mind. Uh, Jessica, I've got to move on. Always nice to talk to you. I'll speak to you in about another six months. 0344 499 one Only because she calls in about every six months. That's, 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 not, that's not in any... That's not an instruction not to call me. Visit. You call, call tomorrow if you want. Tomorrow's the mean show. We're going to do the mean show tomorrow. 0344 499 John, Rob, stay there. Come to you after this. Unmissable late-night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you can. I did another. Um, oh no, it's about the uh, 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 We were talking then about performance ring, which was last night. If you came to it, thank you very much indeed. Um, unless you were the two people that were talking really, really loudly at the front, or if you were the two blokes who were talking really, really loudly at the back. If you were either of those couples. I kind of think that an evening out isn't for you. Uh, we were set, the, the people at the front left halfway through, and I was really close. They were getting louder and louder as the acts were going on, and I knew we were coming to the last act of the first half. A brilliant genius called Nathan Persad, who you've got to check out. Just absolutely wonderful. Um, and, and I knew that we were coming. Had there been another act on after that, I was going to, and I was dreading it, but as, as uh, hosts of the show, it's mine and Catherine's responsibility to, and it's kind of my responsibility because you never know if you're going to get a wallop. Um, uh, it, it, it's the, the host's responsibility to go up and go, could you uh, just keep the noise down? But I also knew that she was absolutely steaming drunk. So, but but they went during the interval, and then there were some blokes talking at the back. Uh, maybe I should maybe I should have gone out a word. I don't know. Um, but if if you came, thank you. It was um, uh, as a mixed bag. We had a young lad called Harry who never performed on stage before, and he ate custard and um, uh, uh, read jokes. And his comic timing when he got the third bo- uh, packet of custard out was. Spot on. It was like Andy Kaufman. It was watching um, a young Andy Kaufman. It was brilliant. Um, I told him to go further with it. I said, if you ever do it again, go further with it. Enjoy the silences. Stare the audience down. Own it. Um, Portia, who we mentioned, uh, was singing and she hadn't sung for years and years. Um, and she was dead nervous and was absolutely brilliant. Um, and I don't know... Most of the acts, I don't know what they're going to be like. They send me an email saying, I want to do this, this and this. And I, and I go, all right. Uh, uh, there were a couple of acts I knew. Nathan I knew because I'd seen him before. And Ross I knew because I'd seen him years ago, but I didn't know what he was going to do. Um, had I seen any of the... Uh, uh, well, Thomas Walsh, yeah, yeah, yeah kind of. Um, but I hadn't seen any of the, uh, any of the others. Um, 
and it was a thoroughly entertaining evening. We're doing one more in February. Um, one more on, I don't know what the date is. There's only six tickets left. It'll sell out. If you know, you know where to go for tickets. Um, one more. And then we're going to stop doing it for, a, well, for at least a couple of months. So there won't be any in March. There may be one in April, but pro- probably closer to May, June. I would have thought, I would have thought. I'm thinking, saying this out loud. I don't know. Doing the maths. Because we've got a couple of other things that we want to do. And also I don't want to do it. I, I, I want it to, um to kind of retain its specialness it's a very special um evening and i just worry that if we do it too often it will lose a little bit of the magic does that make sense no not really doesn't really make a lot of sense but um by the way i could murder a cup of tea so i don't normally ask but i could i'm gasping for a cup of tea um but um oh i can't find the ticket link but anyway there's there's other stuff going on and we might be doing a show in birmingham at some point and all kinds of bits and pieces are happening um john hip 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 john how are we um me too yeah 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 i saw your mayday tweet go out what was my mayday Uh, tweet about you, who you've got lined up and uh, <laughs> calling. <laughs> I did tweet. We've got Nigel from Maidstone and Holy Ken as our only two callers. It is like the 90s never happened, you know. It it's, struck it, me as a bit of a duress call. Yeah, it's, um, you know, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're harmless and, and, and they're fun. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 do you know what, John? I was, I was kind of dreading coming in today. I was, I was, I'm so glad we had Dexter coming in at the start of the show because it just gave me a bit of a boost. It's been hard work today. I didn't wake up until about two half two and then i just stayed in bed until about half four it was ridiculous i i wish i could have done that i'm i don't, I don't know i i was supposed to go into london to meet my friend at lunchtime and then then they rang up and said can we do three and i geared myself up and got myself ready in my head to go to london and yeah. to go out and there we go well we're not me until three and then i get there and i'm waiting at the hotel for them to come down and it's another hour because my mum needs to oh. have a sleep and i was just spiraling in my head going they they set me up. They're not even here. Yeah, and and they don't want to meet me. And and they, and they were there. And they were fine. And I just conflate things in my head, and I just yeah. wind myself up. And yeah, you catastrophize. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's That's it's a, it's it's a it's a it's a common uh, it's a common thing. I tend. Well, no, I do. Um, I do catastrophize a bit because I do worry. <laughs> Oh, I'm really worrying about what my kids are going to be like when they're teenagers. I'm really worrying about it a lot, you know, so I don't catastrophize. I tend not to catastrophize about this week, you know, but I'm catastrophizing 10, 15, 20 years down the line. I I was in Costa today and I saw this lad come in and he had a a, a sheath, 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 sheath. He had a load of um, CVs and he was... um, he was he was trying to get a job in Costa and um and I just thought oh god my, bo- my what are my boys going to be like when they're trying to get jobs and stuff and what jobs will be available there won't be any jobs available and I'll be older and then I'm going to die and I won't be able to leave them any money and it's going to be awful and they're going to have miserable lives like I have a miserable life and it's all my fault so that's where my head went today uh John that's where I was uh today I was catastrophizing quite yeah. badly I mean let me to give an insight into my brain, and that you can't screw your kids up too much. My my father was an officer on a Royal Navy submarine for right. thirty six years. Oh, blimey! 
Um, that was a long shift. Um, <laughs> hey, he must have been tired. Yeah, and uh, he's good in a crisis. Yeah. He's, he's very, very good in a crisis. He's the one you want around. Yeah. That, his dad died, and we had everything sewn up and dealt with in six hours. Wow. You know, funeral books, everything. The other week, the guy fitting his new kitchen said, I'm really sorry, um, we can't get the handles for the drawers until next week, but we've got these temporary ones. Yeah. And he threw them out of the house, and you can go F yourself, and you can wow. go and do this. And you, and he he explodes everything. He just he just flies on hand at the smallest thing. Yeah. But the man was a you know, World War Three comes around. He's the one you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Driving the boat, and I think I'm reasonably okay coming from a boat like that. Yeah. Well, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much, but I don't know. I I I listen to, I listen to what you talk about, and I, I it's the conflating, it's catastrophizing. I've never heard it said that before. Mm. And uh, yeah, I just wound myself up. But the other thing I want to say about yes, I, I I came up to that. So I was up in London today with my friend. She's come over from America. Yeah. Brought her mother, who's never left America before. Wow. Um, who's in her sixties? And exciting. I have not taken someone around London for the first time mm. in about ten years, mm. and it's amazing. Mm. Like you forget, you forget how incredible London is and how much we take for granted up there and how much you go, oh, can I be bothered to get on the train today? Yeah. yeah. Or can I be bothered to drive in? Or do you know what? We'll just stay in. And it really, like her wide-eyed optimism, at 62, I think she was. Yeah. She was, it was so refreshing. It was so lovely. Like, I was really in a spiral today. I was like, I was getting to that, that two minutes. I'm sure you've had it. Two minutes before she came down, I said, no, I'm going to go home. She's not here. I'm not, I'm not going to meet them. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I don't know, I grimmed it out. And, yeah, I don't know, I feel a bit more human afterwards. I was walking back on the train, and, and you came into my mind, and that's why I went on the Twitter, and mm. Kelsey, please, there you are. I, um, I, help. I had, uh, t- t- I took a Japanese, I've taken, a, I've been lucky enough to take a couple of Japanese friends around London, not for the first time, I don't think. No, no, it wasn't the first time with Shinomix, but um, uh, I took her on the London Eye for the first time. And that was, it's kind of, you know, she'd done a lot of the touristy stuff the previous time she'd been to London. And um, I said, I just said, oh, you must have done the London Eye. She went, oh, no, 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 I've never done London Eye. And it was night time and it was brilliant. And we went up on the London Eye and it was, and it is, you know, London is an amazing city. It's horrible and it's nasty and it's, it's, it's expensive and blah, 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 blah. But it, when you're looking at it through a foreigner's eyes, it's amazing. It's like... It's like New York. New York is a, is a you know, it's, it's kind of, I think, very similar to London. But when you go there as an English person, it's absolutely astounding, you know, and all these major cities are. And London, I, um, I live in Windsor, and um, the number of times I've been by the train station where people come from Waterloo to Windsor, and tourists come out, and when you come out, you can see Windsor Castle straight away. It's like, it's like, yeah, up yeah. There. And the number of times... Um, People come out and go and, and are overwhelmed by being able to see Windsor Castle, which I and see every single day. I see it every single day. And, like, I'm, me and the boys have a joke. Is she in today? Yep, she's in. You know, have the standards flying. She's in. Um, and I had this great American couple once. They, 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 the, the train station said, which way is to, where is Windsor Castle? I said, right, it's right up there. And they were blown away by it. Absolutely blown away! What a joy! What a joy to be able to point these things out to people. It was it was fabulous. Yeah. I, I I was we were just we went to Buckingham Palace and we stood outside Buckingham Palace for about forty five minutes because <laughs> she'd never seen anything like ah. it. And I get a taxi bus there. I don't know twice a week, yeah. and you just go, 
and it's there. Yeah. And but she absolutely loved it, and it was just it was just amazing to see somebody go through a new experience. Where else did you take her? What, what 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 was your, what was your top three um, treats in London? Um, we did the Sky Garden by Fenchurch Street. So I don't know. I've not been there. Which is it's well, apart from anything, it's free to go up. Oh, it's not as high as the Shard. Yeah, but nothing is. Yeah. Um, and there's loads of bars and cafes, but you just book a ticket just for the numbers. Yeah. Free to go up. That was amazing. I'd never done that either, so that was pretty cool. Brilliant. Uh, she saw St Paul's Cathedral. Yep. Always She's a massive Charles and Dale fan. Yep. So we did a bit of that. And then Buckingham Palace, and it was just absolutely phenomenal. And then we ended up in Five Guys of all places. She's come 8,000 miles across the Atlantic, and she demanded to go to Five Guys. So did you, did, John, did you, did you enter Five Guys tonight? I, I did, and they entered me. Well, there we go. Thank you very much indeed. You see? That's terrible. John, thank you, mate. I appreciate that. I'm glad you had a great day. And it's, it's, it's fun seeing London through the eyes of a tourist. 03444991000, Talk Radio. Late night conversation worth losing sleep over. Ian Lee. On air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Yes, Rob! Hey up! Hey up, Rob! I'm just turning up. I've got my, my phones on vibrate, so I'm going to yeah. turn. I'm going to turn my phone off. How do, how do you turn your phone? How do you turn the vibrate off your phone? I know nothing about Apple goods. Um, the battery on this is knackered, right? And it's it's a fault with the iPhone 6s and maybe others. The latest update means every now and then my battery will say 18 percent, and then it will switch off, and you can't you can't get it to go again. Until you charge it. That's crap. That is... I'm switching I'm switching my phone off because I, I can't work out how to um, switch the buzzy buzz off. Hang on a minute. There we go. Phone is off. That'll have to get sorted out later on. Bishy bashy boshy. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Rob. Yay! Yay! I came last night. Oh. So... Yeah. I thought it went well. Yes. But could have been better. Oh. So, in, yeah. In what way better? Like funny? Maybe a bit funnier. I think F- the, abuse funny? Of you went, the abuse of you went over well. Well, yes. It's subject matter that everyone can relate to. Okay. I think I've never been as nervous in my life. You were shaking like a um, a leaf. I, I could see it, it. I could see you shaking. I, I found it hilarious. Because as I got up, I spilled my drink over myself. Yeah, you idiot. I don't know. That's shocking. Um, but, yeah, there was a couple of people just said it wasn't periscoped, so... No, unfortunately. And a couple of people said, so I do apologise about well, these, these These things happen. Um, I thought the gentlemen that came up and helped me were nice. Um, uh, Keith and the other gentleman, Dwayne, or uh, Dane was his name. I can't, I can't quite remember. Uh, Dane. Dane, that was it. Very nice gentleman. Um, uh, it was a, it was a good, it was a good evening, all in all. Uh, a fun time was had by all. It was, and that singer, is it Portia? I thought she was amazing. She was good, yeah, yeah, Portia. She was, um, she was, uh, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah, very good indeed. I don't like talented people. <laughs> it annoys me. It annoys me, because I'm jealous of people that, that can, because I, I, carry a tune we, we I, I, I carry a tune but she could like proper wail you know and i i can't wail so much now that i'm getting older 
we've been in the dance charts. It's all about the performance. It's not about the talent. I did sing along um, on the way in to um, an instrumental version of Sloop John B. And I did, I did all of the harmonies at the same time. Yeah. Well, that was good. And I also sang along to um, Sweet Judy Blue Eyes by Crosby, Stills and Nash. And I thought, yeah, actually, the old voice, the old voice, is there's, there's something there. There's something there. Definitely. Who's, that on the other, who's that on the other line? Hello? Well, me. Who's that? It's Keith. Oh, it's Keith from last night. It's last me. night's Keith. Hello, boys. Hello, oh, yeah. mate! That's tricks. Yeah, you know. What? I was, I was following Nigel's lead. I've got a problem with my arse, so I thought I'd ring in and ask Ian. <laughs> well, do you know what? That's a funny one, because I've got a, I've got a, a bit of trouble with the old phalanx. <laughs> right, well, I, this is not a medical phone-in, guys. I told you, due to um, a, a, an unfortunate series of events... Um, and potential, well, ongoing legal investigations, um, I am unable to practice medicine anymore. So I can't help you with your phalanx or um, your arse. I just think... But you were so you understanding and delicate with it last time. Well, that, that, was, that was then, uh, big boy. This is now... New Year's Eve. Yes. Health... Clinic with Ian Lee. We could do that. <laughs> we could do that. We've still got two um, two empty seats for the New Year's Eve show. If people want to come and join us, there's still two seats up for grabs. Well, the thing is, Ian, if I if I claim one of those seats, can I have a cushion? Um, n- no. <laughs> Flipping it. I mean, is this what we've resorted to? Really? This is. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a <laughs> this isn't what I phoned in about. I'm, really a, I'm a triple. <laughs> Award winner. I've worked. I've been um, sacked by the BBC twice in the last twelve months. I am. Um, I'm a broadcasting legend, and we've resorted to this. And uh, and a man who does a lot of selfies, according to last night. But hey, what have you called in about Keith? Um, I wondered if we could sing some carols. Oh, for oh, there you go. Why? Just to you know, lift the mood. You know, Chris. I'm going to say it right. You know Christmas carols, yeah? I am aware of them. I'm an ex-chorister. I'm aware of them. They're rubbish. Oh, they are rubbish. Name me... i tell you what, Rob. Name Yo. me one good Christmas carol. I do like Silent Night. Oh, it's miserable. Virgin. back on there. <laughs> Like Keith, the, the only good one. There's only one good one. Go on. Because it's away the manger. No, 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 no. Mi- <laughs> it's miserable. The only good one is very, very up tempo, and it's got a nice, it's got a nice um, little line in it. Uh, is it a carol or a song? I'm trying to think. Oh, I'm confusing it. I'm confusing it. Because I'll like... come all you faithful. No, it's not. It's 
Good King Wenceslas looked out on the feast of Stephen. Where the snow lay round about, deep and crisp and even. Brightly shone the night that liked, all the start was cruel. And a poor man gathering sight, gathering winter fuel. Now, that's the one that I wanted to sing for you, because I found a really nice, like, Latin translation. I like... It's beautiful. De- deep and crisp and even, and... Yeah. Um, uh, fuel... Will the pagan stand by me, if thou knowst it telling? Yonder peasant, who is he? Where and where tis dwelling? Tell me the goodly tents underneath the mountain... Right against the forest eyes, Bison tag me the I'll play a good one. Anyway, let, me, let, Go on. let me play a good one, right? This is, this is absolutely stunning. If I, if I got it on my iPod. I've got my iPod. The thing with a carol is when you get to really, like, bang out the deskin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bang out the deskin. Um, hang on a minute. Let me, uh, let me find... This. this is this is this is proper stunning. I've got so many versions of it. All right, have a listen to this. Oh, here we go. Right, everyone be quiet. Right, have a listen. To this. 90, 92 seconds of pure bliss. Here we go. Ah, oh, classic. Dios cuando el lobo de nuestra codera Riu, riu, shiu, la guada ribera Dios cuando el lobo de nuestra codera Dios cuando el lobo de nuestra codera El lobo rabioso la quiso morder Mas días poderoso la supo defender Kitsole had ser que no più dice pecar, ya no original as tu virgen no tuviera. Riu, riu, shiu, la guada rivera. Dios cuadro, Dios cuadro, el lobo de nuestra cordera. Dios cuadro, Dios cuadro, el lobo de nuestra cordera. Esta que es nacido es el gran monarca. Cristo patriarca de carne vestito, ya nos redimido con cejas chequito, aunque infinito, finito se hiciera. Riu, riu, shiu, la guada rivera. Dios guardó, Dios guardó el lobo de nuestra codera. Dios guardó, Dios guardó el lobo de nuestra codera. Come on, now that... Now, but who is that singing? E17. Shut up. Keith? <laughs> the beginning of Stay Now. Um, is, it, is, it those, um, is it those Shaolin monks? It's the monkeys. Imagine that. It's the monkeys. It's the monkeys doing that. Acapulco. Imagine that. That's why the monkeys is the greatest band in the world, because they, they did that. They sang on their Christmas special. They didn't have any of their hits in it. They sang a, a 16th century Latin carol. Yay, monkeys! Pretentious. What the... Right, you've been cut off. Who was that? It was Keith, right. Uh, Rob, I'm going to cut you off. Sell me arse. There we go. Um, <clears throat> and now we find ourselves, dear listener, for the first time this evening, without any uh, callers, without anybody to go to, with nothing to talk about. So now would be an excellent time. 
um, for you to call in if you want to call in. I'm sorry if you've tuned in expecting the nasty show. Uh, we toyed with it about an hour ago. Um, but because we had Dexter Fletcher in and the, the show started off so celebratory that we're going to we're going to try and do the nasty show tomorrow by nasty i mean you know that kind of the 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 the, the you know the the right wing scaremongering hate filled shows of people like hopkins and brew you know that kind of angry we should all be scared we're going to be blown up and won't have any benefits because of the migrants that that kind of vibe that kind of vibe will be so tomorrow night we'll be celebrating the magic of um brexiteers and we'll be pointing and laughing at the bramonas as they sit in their corner crying um, we'll be discussing the real, the serious uh, uh, threat that we all face from um, Islamic terrorism and also the encroaching um, Sharia law courts that are actually threatening all of our rights. I nearly said human rights. I nearly said human rights. Well, that's stupid because, of course, we're anti-human rights. We'll be doing that tomorrow. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I think I can pull it off. I think I can pull it off, and I think I can pull it off convincingly. But it's it's going to be tough. As long as Ken, well, Ken's going to call in and talk about Islamic terrorism. So that's that covered. Once we're in there, um, we'll be uh, we'll be fine. Um, Ray. Good evening. Hip, hip, hip. Thank you, Ray. What do you have for us? Uh, you were talking about Silent Night being one of the most miserable um, carols. Well, they're all they're all pretty miserable, and that's one of them, yes. <clears throat> well, uh, my favourite version of them all, I've got a clip of it here, oh. is um, sung by the Chipmunks. Oh. <laughs> Imagine uh, those speeded up voices. That, and they, they're speed- speeded up? That's how they do it? WTF! Yeah. Oh, yeah, Spoiler alert! They sung them at half speed and then doubled the speed. Shut up, man! You're breaking my heart! Oh, sorry to drop it upon you. Yeah. But anyway, they're, they're singing this accompanied by an electric organ, uh-huh. um, the sort that used to get used in uh, funerals. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, well, decide for yourself. Here we go. No, it's awful. Um, it, it, was, it was awful. Uh, the chipmunks are a weird, um, thing that the chipmunks are they're kind of big again um because they're, they're constantly pop it keeps popping up on netflix um you you may you may want to watch I, on my netflix right we have uh four different profiles me my eldest son my youngest son although we, we don't and my mother-in-law because we have it in her house is that against the netflix rules it may be um and i know when they've been using my profile because it says you may be interested in Alvin and the Chipmunks. Um, what's it called when they're they're cast cast away on an island? It's something like um, chip chipwrecks, chipwreck. That's it. That's it. Chipwrecked. <laughs> yeah, which is actually quite a good film. I, I'll be honest. It's it's not a bad film to watch for the kids. But 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 I don't want to watch it. On my own. And yet Tony Netflix suggests that I might want to watch it. Because I also watched a lot of other crap 
But I haven't. I make sure I set up this profile specifically so I wouldn't be recommended kids' films. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Yes, well done. If you want to give us a call, Ian Lee, Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. A thing she hardly knew, so thin and rare and small and few. It smells just like me, and it smells just like you. She's blinded for the best in this bright tree. She makes her nest. Everyone laughs as she struggles up high. Everyone's happy, and she wants to die. Obsessed with Cardiacs, this, this band, the, um, their hard work. That's one of the pop tunes, right? Their hard work. And when I was at college, I had a, a friend, a guy called Richard, who was really into them. And we used to go around to his house and get stoned and we'd listen to, to, to Cardiacs, you know, but it was never really my thing. And I always found them quite hard work, right? Let me play, this, let me play 30 seconds of the song I was going to play. Um, but I bottled it. This was a single. They released this as a single. It's 30 seconds. Here we go. I mean... Wait for the tune.
Wait for the chorus. Go, let me have the chorus. My own existence. Now, and at the time, I didn't really like it. They did one album, a double album called Sing to God, and it was it, I enjoyed that album a lot, and I've just recently bought that. Um, but at the time, I didn't dig a lot of that stuff. Um, but now I'm really starting to dig a lot of that stuff. It's very Zapper-esque. Uh, Tim Smith, the guy, the kind of the brains behind it, is obviously some... I'm going to say he's a genius. Um, he's a genius. Um, and, and, and that sounds like a mess, right? If, if The first time you hear it, it sounds like a mess. It's a mess that everyone is playing exactly the same thing to, which is what makes it genius. Absolute genius. Um, and I'm kind of getting... And I sort of used to know Tim Smith a bit. And I used to know Cardiacs a bit because they were friends with a friend. And then I, I was friends with someone who ended up in Cardiacs, a bloke called Carvis Tarabi. Um, Carvis Tarabi is, a, is Iranian. And his dad... This is the thing I remember about Carvis. Is, uh, you remember the theme tune to Going for Gold? with Henry Kelly, right? His dad was Iranian, and and his English wasn't great, I don't think. This is the way the story was told to me. And his dad thought that every line in the Going for Gold theme tune was sung in a European language, right? And he thought the first line was, the Himizan. That's what he thought it was, the Himizan. <laughs> so for whatever, <laughs> the Himizan, the time is right. Um, and he was convinced, but, um, and I sort of knew Tim Smith a bit and I, I, I was at the pub with him a few times and we didn't really speak very much cause I, you know, I didn't really understand, but I went, I, I went and saw them about six, seven, eight times and went on a, the, 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 the minibus to a, to a gig in Cambridge with them. And we got to s- s- sit with them and stuff. And Tim did the sound for a band that I was in called Magnilda. Um, I'll play you one of them one day. They're good. Um, I was bass, backing vocal was very good. Um, and Tim did the sound a few times. And I, so I sort of knew him to say hello to and chat a little bit. And he was very quiet and very shy. And then in 2007, they were the big, basically Blur. If you listen to the early Blur records, they ripped off Cardiacs massively. Blur, and, and then Blur kind of went pop. Um, and then in 2007, 2008, Tim Smith, in his, I guess he was in his 40s, I don't really know, had um, a massive heart attack and then a series of strokes that kind of left him... Well, I don't, I don't really know. I don't quite know what condition. I know he's very, very ill for a very long time and I suspect he'll be unable to play music ever again. Um, and I don't know why they've popped up in my consciousness recently, but they have done a lot. And I'm, I find them absolutely fascinating. And I find the whole situation with what happened to Tim... I, for some reason, I, well, it is really sad. There's no, For some reason, I find it sad. It is a really sad situation. This guy that was so um, creative... And they had a minor hit. They had one minor hit um, in the late 80s. Um, uh, which the title escapes me now can't remember anyway i don't know why i'm banging on about them but i just i'm finding them fascinating and it's really interesting rediscovering all this stuff now that i don't smoke smoke and i don't take uh, 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 don't drink and i don't take drugs so i'm hearing all this stuff kind of clear-headed for the first time and going oh actually yeah this is amazing you know this is properly um amazing stuff and i really would like 
well, I'd like to make a film about cardiacs, but I don't know them well enough, I don't think. I don't know the material well enough to um, to do it. And I've kind of I mentioned it to a couple of the guitarists on Twitter and they didn't respond, which kind of makes me think, oh, well, no one's interested. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I thoroughly recommend and I'll, I'll keep tweeting cardiac songs as uh, as time as, as I find them because they they are um they're hard work but they're a joy and man alive they were so exciting to watch live it was a real proper performance and Tim Smith would just shout shut up you lot he'd just shout at the audience and they lapped it up absolute wonderful geeky girl hey hip 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 hip, hip geeky girl long time no speak watch your guts yeah. Oh, sorry about that. I've sort of relocated to the other end of the country, and oh. then I didn't have a phone what? and got no Wi-Fi, and yeah. I've moved in with my partner, okay, and yeah. get this, yeah. he doesn't like late-night radio, oh. and I can't really listen very is, much, but he's away for a bit. This so is never it. going to work. I know. I might have to leave him. Why doesn't he, um, uh, why doesn't he like late-night radio? Is it was you just like being in bed to go to sleep, or, or he doesn't like what's not what's talked about, or, or, or what's his, what, what, what is it? Well, it's more like early starts, plus I may have played your podcast too many times when he was around. Oh, right, I see. He may have had overload of the Ian Lee show. Oh, I see. Well, I'm je- jealous, you see. The boys get jealous. Ah, uh, gotcha, I see. I see what's happening. John, can I just say, can I blow my own trumpet? I don't have one. So I just... Well, get one. I just tweeted, right, I was going to play this Cardiac song and then bottled it, the, the one I just played a minute of. And okay, then John yeah. Ronson, a man who I have ultimate respect and love for, just said, the only good thing that happened in 2016 was getting to retweet this. And he's retweeted the thing where I said I was going to play Cardiacs. Oh, hey, you've made it. I, I made I think I get um, uh, points for that. There you go. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Right. OK, well, um, uh, well, I played it. Now I've got I can't engage. Here's the thing. When someone you admire or someone famous um, retweets or comments or says something to you on Twitter. Yeah. Don't comment back because you look sad. I did, oh, you, you look yeah. sad. You look sad. You look desperate. You look desperate. I had that once with um, with uh, with Danny Baker, where I was engaging in a conversation, and I just went one tweet too too many, oh, and it's, it was le- I was left hanging, and I thought I look sad now. No, easily done though. Don't beat yourself up. Yeah, these things happen. These things um, happen. It's the hashtag first help world problems, isn't it? Where we go, you see. Um, anyway, what what did, did we? So you've, you've you've listened, you've called in. He's jealous. Um, he's not the man you thought he was going to be. <laughs> That's fine. Um, so, what have you got for us? Well, a couple of lines. Muslims? Muslims? That's tomorrow. That's tomorrow's show. <laughs> Long show, isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, when I moved up here, yeah, I kind of looked around the broad area to find places where I can get a bit of a bit of a back massage. Oh. You know, a bit of stress relief. Yeah, yeah. And I, I looked over a wide area so that I could sort of compare prices because I'm a bit brassic at the moment. Yeah. And my my goodness, I found one not too far from me yeah. which uh, offers some standard treatments and therapies. Yes. But then it mentioned a word I had no idea what it meant. Reiki. No, no, no. Oh. 
Not in the realms of Reiki. Okay. Far more strange. Uh-oh. So I clicked on the link hey. to find out more. Not ONA levels. So again? No. Okay, carry on. <laughs> no. This therapy will help you if you are suffering from the following. Uh-oh. <clears throat> Here we go. Black magic. Hey. Gin possession it's, and the evil eye. It's not Mr. Bastafire, is it? <laughs> is it Mr. Bastafire? I've got no idea. Hey, flipping it. You've got, well, are you suffering from the evil eye and black magic? I don't think I am, you, but now I'm worried. You've got a bad back, have you? Well, it's just could, a bit of general, you know. Could be a hex. Do they do hexes? <laughs> do they do hexes? Oh, let me have a read. Um, this could be a hex. It, it consists of incantation therapy. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And yeah. reciting some holy verses yeah. and offers counselling, oh. and it's very, very discreet. Mate, you've got... Yeah. How much is it? <laughs> I'm just having a uh, you, Oh, you've got to put in your details for more information. Oh. Mate, you've got to do it. You've got to... This could be... You've got to be um, a pioneer... And you've got to give this a go. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you see, coming from a clinical perspective, shouldn't they refer people? Well, like, <laughs> I, don't think you can, I don't think you can be referred for hexes. Uh, yeah, mental health, clinical psychologists, so okay. forth. Okay. Isn't um, that more appropriate? I just don't think that you're, you want to get well. I'm welling in my problems. Yeah, I do. I do. I think your. <laughs> I think your biggest problem, uh, geeky girl, is you. Mm-hmm. Oh, prices! I found prices. Hang on. Yeah, go on. How much to uh, get rid of the evil eye? Oh, it's not that. It's got cupping treatment prices, well, cup- videos prices, yeah. ear candles, bullshine. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah, they are bullshine. Was this bullshine.co.uk? I think so, and I can tell you about candles from a physics research background, and now I'm an ear specialist. Hoppy ear candles. Bullshine. Bullshine. We put candle in ear. What, what is it supposed to cure? Well, people say it gets all the wax out, don't they? Oh, do they? Is that what it is? I thought it was... Oh. Well, that might work, mightn't it? But hang no. on. If you're melting a candle in your ear, you'll get more wax. <laughs> well, this is the thing, right? First of all, sticking something in your ear, setting fire to it, probably not a good idea. No. Well. But the physics, with the heat and the candle, there's no way you can generate that My um, My mum, remember I had um, earache when I was about 13. And oh, yeah. she had heard that, you don't see people with cotton wool in their ears anymore, do you? <laughs> no. You, in the <laughs> 70s and 80s, everybody had a bit of cotton wool in their ears. You don't see it now. But yeah. she heard that um, putting a bit of hot warm oil in someone's ear would loosen up the earwax and would, 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 would help the earache. So she boiled up some cooking oil. Oh. Boiled up. Then she got a metal teaspoon, put it in the boil, got filled it with boiling oil no. and poured it in my ear. No, no, And no. I remember scampering around on the floor. I was, the oh. only one I could use was scampering on the floor in agony. And I hid under the dining oh. room table because I was in so much God. pain. The eardrum's really sensitive. And yes! You're, you're supposed to, I mean, olive oil, just very slightly warm, like just above lukewarm, that can help soften wax, but not 
boiling bloody hell. Yeah, exactly, mate. That's my oh. mother. Did, did you did you call uh, Esther Ransom? No, we didn't have Esther Ransom in those days. Um, we just had Jimmy Savile. Um, oh. Geeky Girl, thank you very much indeed. 0344 499 1000, Talk Radio. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Well, um, uh, uh, Geeky Girl has sent me the link for this um, place. It really is. <laughs> it really is Bullshine Central. Um, Rukia. For those suffering from gin possession, J-I-N-N, guys, magic, evil eye, and also for general health. What is Rukia As Sharia? Oh, dear. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Rukia As Sharia. At the therapy clinic, we work alongside alongside trained and well-experienced Rukia therapists. Our service, commitment and confidentiality is our utmost priority. Our clinic services were set up to meet the ever-growing needs of people who are suffering black magic, gin possession, J-I-N-N, evil eye. The therapy that is employed to remove the gin, J-I-N-N, or destroy black magic consists of incantation therapy. The recitation of the Quran over the person. This is known as Rukya. You are not a loser until you lose your faith in Allah. Ladies and gentlemen, absolute bullshine. Of course, you shouldn't be going to people like that to cure yourself of any condition you should be going to a christian faith healer or have a good old-fashioned exorcism huh like the old days craig yeah craig how are you yeah been a tough day today craig i I, I battled um i was i was involved in a one-man battle against the um here can i tell you something craig here we go right just me the last, I'm going to say two days, right, I've, I've had this weird, I've been in this weird mental place. May I share it with you? You certainly can. I've not felt depressed. Right. I've not felt anxious. I've okay. not felt joy. I've not felt happiness. I have felt absolutely nothing. Nothing. I felt nothing. Yeah, lack of joy is a symptom, isn't it? Well, it's a lack of lack of anything. And I went, I made myself go to a spin class today, right? Because I, I I spent all day in bed, literally just lying in bed. Watch, I watched the end of the Sunshine Boys, which is a little bit disappointing. And uh, I, so, so I thought I, I would go to a spin class. And in the spin class, it was the weirdest thing, right? I was in my body. I was present in my body. And I thought, I'm going to push this. I can push this as hard as I like because... I don't feel anything. I mean, I can feel the physical discomfort of, um, you know, of, of, of working hard and pumping off. But I didn't feel... I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel elated. I didn't feel depressed. I didn't feel, you know, I felt physically tired. But I didn't feel anything. It was the weirdest thing. And this is a, a new development 
in my um, daily battle to um, not jump off a bridge. And I wonder, I just wondered what that feeling nothing, what that meant. I'm not, I'm not expecting you to tell me the answer, Craig, and I realise I'm, I'm, I'm dumping a lot on your doorstep. No. You just phoned up to say hello. And I'm, I'm, I'm dropping all this stuff off. But I meant to mention this earlier. Just felt nothing. Didn't feel hungry. Didn't feel, I didn't feel anything. I get that quite often, to be honest. Oh, flipping heck. Um, it goes away, though, so, you know. Someone said on, on the internet the other day, you've survived every other bad day. Oh, yeah. So yeah. chances are, obviously... It is, it is at the moment. I was speaking to my friend Paul today, and it is... Um, I'm sleeping just so I can tick off another day and go, that's one more down. Yeah. You know, like in the old, the old uh, films where they'd have the tally, and the, they'd be in prison, and they'd have yeah. a chalk tally. And it would, you know, start off one day, and then it pulls back, and there's like hundred. It's like that. It's like I'm doing a little chalk tally in my head. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard one. It's Ooh. a hard knock life for sure. It's a hard knock life for sure. Better than a dum dum dum. Tiny tum tum tum. Funnily enough, those tweets you've been sending about. Those songs. Yeah. I've been misreading them all this time. It's the Cardigans. Oh. <laughs> Why is he into the Cardigans? I like the Cardigans. They're two albums. First band on the moon uh-huh. and the one after it. Um, yeah. Before they got went to Grand Turismo, which I thought was a little bit too um, too slick. But the first uh-huh. two are nice, nice little, um, you know, tight little band. I enjoyed that. Sick, it was only when you played it. Uh-huh. Waiting. That's not the cardigan. No, that's not the cardigan. No, it's cardiacs. Tw- about twenty minutes ago, I sent you a link. Did you see it? I made the news. Um, oh, was that you about the um, pothole update? Yeah, the second line after the headline. Y- y- uh, uh, hang on a minute. Uh, I've, oh, I'll s- I can send it again if you want. Yeah, send it. Well, what what did it say? Well, I've just sent it again to you. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on, hang on, hang on um, Oh, it says I've already sent that tweet, so it's not going to let me. Oh. So I'll read up the second headlines underneath, shall I? Hang on a minute. History. If I go to history... Um... It's only about 20 minutes Here ago. Here we go. Here we go. I've got it. Pot, pot. So you sent me walesonline.co.uk. Pothole damages at least 10 cars and caused tailbacks on a major South Wales road. A van also overturned at the scene, although it is not known whether it was caused by the pothole. And this website was giving live uh, updates. Hey, that van, that was me. You were the fella in the van? Yeah. Was it caused by the pothole? No, it oh. was caused by my axle locking on my back wheels. And it, it, it sent me from the inside lane to the outside lane into the barrier and flipped over. Hey, flipping it. Well, then, then walesonline.co.uk needs to update that information. Uh, we've, got, we've got the scoop on walesonline.co.uk. They need to update that information because that information is misleading. Uh, and that is um, uh, um, derogatory to um, potholes. They've also quoted later down that the policeman said that was 55, the cheeky get. Hey! See me, forty-seven. Man. Oh, mate! What's it like to be in a, a vehicle, vehicle that flips over? It's very strange. It's yeah. literally like um, a amusement ride. Oh, feeling the the physics of it. Yeah. 
seatbelt held. Yeah. So I was, I, it flipped onto his side, not to his roof. Oh, but, so. Craig, you're, so you're, you're such a disappointment to me. If seatbelt held you in, I'm like, oh, yeah. And then trying to fumble your hand to get out of the thing. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, um, I'm, a, I'm a bit, like, concussed, to be honest, but there's no no cuts on a thing. Well, hang on, you say you're a bit concussed, Craig. What's your name? Craig. Do you know how, how many fingers am I holding up? Does it hurt? Um, maybe you are 55. Yeah, it could be all horrible. I might be in a coma. You could this this is it. We, this is um that that program with um John Sims in Life on Mars. You're in a coma and I'm yeah. I'm I'm the sexy nurse. And Bowie's still alive. Bowie's still it? alive, yep, yep, yep. Um be all right. You're I'll not in a co- you're not in a coma, Craig. You phoned us up. It's the same old rubbish as usual. Did you I go to the did you go to the hospital? No, I refused. Oh, they did. They said I was okay, and I said they didn't want to go. Shock though. The, sh- is, the thing is, you yeah, may, yeah. may or may not be concussion, but you'll be in shock. Well, I picked up all the insides, and I had ladders on the roof. Yeah, and they're all bent and buckled. So it was, it was, you know, it was a seventy mile an hour impact. Have you had the shaking yet? Have you started shaking? No. You'll shake. You'll start. Sh- you'll get the shakes. All right. And you'll you'll get the shakes, and you might burst into tears spontaneously. Oh, that could happen any time. Well, yeah. Yeah. Again, if this is the life I have to live, this might, it might likely will. It, here's the thing. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to put the phone down. Yeah. You're suddenly going to burst into tears, and you're just going to start sh- uncontrollably shaking. Oh, okay. That's what's going to happen. Because okay. I'm, I'm sort of this phone call is 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 still keeping you in the moment. And then once you you put the phone down, you'll you'll the enormity. It's You've stared code. death in the face, Craig! This might be source code. I might be in that box. You're not in a coma, Craig. Honestly, I promise you. I promise you. You're not in a coma. This is real life. Oh. Real London. Proper busy. Um, this is as good <laughs> as it gets. Marvellous. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't yeah, want yeah. to get off the phone, though. Well, I'm going to... I'm going to... cut. The, and it's, it, Imagine how heartbreaking this is for me. The moment I end this phone call... Yeah. About ten seconds after I end the phone call, you're going to go into a shock attack, OK? Oh, thanks for that. No, it's a problem. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Crying like a baby. The radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Um, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand Wednesday. We've got Peter Tatchell coming on the show, which is very timely because he was um all over the shop uh, this weekend as he um stormed Jeremy Corbyn. Um, I, I must admit, in you know, he's confronted Nick Griffin. He's tried to arrest Mugabe, and he's pr- paraded down the streets of Moscow, getting kicked in. Um, talking about gay rights. Yeah, I can still be in a Jeremy Corbyn speech. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's not exactly the toughest situation to storm, is it? But we'll talk to him about that, and we'll just celebrate. Um, uh, we'll celebrate the magic of uh, of Peter Tatchell. I've, I've been thinking that, that people, like, people that, that are heroic, and, and I do think he's heroic, and, and some people think he's a, he's an idiot, and that's fine. But I think he's heroic. Um, we need to celebrate these people while you know while they're around. Peter's a young man; he'll be around for a long, long time. But 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 
but uh, you never know, do you? So I, I think we should celebrate these people. And, 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 you know, people have done good stuff. We should say, well done. Congratulations, you. Um, Kedia. Hello. Hey, Kedia, you, Kedia, you're through to the Midnight Groove Show. What what grooves would you like playing, Kedia? Kedia, you're through to the... Hey, Kedia, you're through to the Midnight Grooves. What grooves, what grooves would you like to hear after midnight this evening? Well, uh, dear Ian, um... Give, give us your, give, just give us the name of your groove and we'll get that groove on for My you, groove would be uh, No Limits by Two Unlimited. Okay, so Kedia, you want to hear... And just tell us, why is that groove such a groove for you, Kadia? Uh Because it's uh, back in the seven, 70s. Yeah. Uh, it was 1993, when, of course. Was it? Yeah. Back in 1993. Let me say yeah! Yeah! <laughs> I heard an amazing all of my um, all of my knowledge of current pop music, Katya, comes from going to the gym. And there was a song. There was a song playing, and I'm sure I heard these. These were the lyrics when I was spinning. It's a bit hard because I was spinning, pumping off, fit muscular, sweaty, pain, legs. And it was a song, and it went, "Feed a dee 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 die." Gonna be horny till I die. <laughs> horny till uh, I die. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> horny until you die. You would die if you were. You would die of, of just yeah. exhaustion if you were horny until <laughs> horny. It's feed it, feed it, die. Gonna be horny till I die. That's the thought of it. Jeez, I couldn't believe it. The poor lad. And there's, there's not. I don't think there's enough discussion about people who are horny until they die, and that's why it is an unsustainable lifestyle. Um, and there's very little help for these people who are faced with this condition, and that's why. Talk Radio's charity at Christmas this year is going to be uh, the uh, help for the horny, uh, help for the insatiable horny acts. It's, that's the technical term, insatiable horny acts. Uh, and so this uh, this Christmas, Talk Radio 
um, will be having a uh, sponsored, uh, 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 well, uh, 24 hours uh, of shows on Wednesday. Um, we'll be having loads of events. We're going to be auctioning off all kinds of things for those um, insatiable horniacs. Um, because the number of um, men and women um, that die from uh, horniness um, is it's growing every year, Katya, and so we are really pleased to be working in association with the Horn Dogs Trust to um, to bring to the attention of um, uh, all of the people who are horny until they die. Um, Not the young people, because there's no. even though it's a, a, a condition, they tend to they tend to grow out of it. But some people never grow out of it. Some no. people, you, the, the horniness they feel when they're fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, they never grow out of it. And so, um, as as just let me finish, Katie, because it's an important message. No. It's an no, it's an important message. Um, and it sounds like you're eating a sandwich. I hope it's a sandwich. And maybe you're a sufferer sufferer of insatiable horniness, Katia. We will be doing everything we can on Wednesday. Join Paul Ross at seven six o'clock on Wednesday morning, right through the day. Um, we'll be talking about insatiable horniness. Um, Julia Hartley Brewer um, will be doing a special on. Are you okay? Calm down. We'll be doing a special on chastity belts, um, and uh, we'll be talking horniness all day, Katia. Trying to raise awareness, but more importantly, trying to raise a bit of cash. For those um, those old horn dogs. That's the end of the sentence. Is it? Yeah, it's the sentence. Is it? The sentence is still in. This is the 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 the, the um, prologue of the sentence, and it's just now. The end is in sight. I can see the full stop, and it's there. Say, I wanted to say. We'll have to come back to you after this, Katia. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Finally. Boiler, boiler! Oh, it still smells Dexter Fletcher. Isn't he, didn't he smell nice? He lingers. Wasn't he charming? Mm-hmm. He's very nice, even though you were yelling at him down the phone. <laughs> we'll put that as a podcast. That's my favourite intro to the show. <laughs> it was <laughs> really good. Done with it. We'll put that out as a podcast tomorrow evening. Like about 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, they tend to go up, don't they? The yeah. next day, as soon as I get in, because yeah. I make them in the morning and then put oh. them up as soon as I get there in. There we go. There we go. You I'm see? doing my best, man. There we go. There we go. Um, oh, flipping it. What's her face? Yes, Katia! Hello. Mm. Uh, just wanted to say to the lovely people at Radio 4... What? Yes. So call them. <laughs> she's... A, she's Give a float right, because she's... Uh, Katia is, is still smarting, mm. because J.P. Devlin, who um, uh, works on Radio 4, and is an excellent um, part of the team on the Saturday morning show. Very good, yes. Yeah? You'd never even heard of him. I have, well... You have now! <laughs> now, yeah. He... he um, they steal all their ideas. All, all, everything you're on Radio 4. Is basically it's been done on this show. You wait; they'll be talking about the horn dogs yeah. just tomorrow. Yeah, of course they will. Um, they're going to ditch their chosen charity of homeless people at St Martin's in the Fields, and they're going to go for the horn dogs, um, which is fine, which is great, which is great because it's, it's all money it's and all it all helps. It's all awareness. It's always great. Um, but he tweeted last week saying that Katia should read a bedtime story on this show. Mm -hmm. And now, now, and Katia's going, what is a joke? What is this joke? You are, why are you making, you are making fun of me? What is this? Oh, what are you doing to me? Um, And, um, 
uh, and then she found out he's oh it is he's a real man i did not know he she that. found out the next day didn't I she i've never heard of this man before oh no i love him he had his radio radio culture and it is so beautiful uh, i want to no i want to be what? doing this um so what 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 do you want no. get to the point she was starting to wind me up reassure the people uh, of Radio 4, if they're listening to this, that uh, it's a bit of your fault if people think I'm a bit of a muppet, really. No, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. How is it my fault? No. Uh, yes. Katia, yes. wait, Katia, stand, just, just, just wait there for a second, yeah? Okay. Okay. Um, 03444991000. I'm not going to have someone come on my show and libel me. No. I'm not standing for that. How the worm turns, right? Yeah. How long has she been phoning you? Oh, f- years. One sniff of J.P. Devlin. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And he's good and stuff, and the show is, is, is a good show, you know, but... but all of a sudden she turns against you? Also, their show, I think, is like an hour, maybe 90 minutes a week. Mm-hmm. Um, try 15 hours a week, guys. Then then you'll know what a real job is. Mm. Obviously, it's not compared to... like building and stuff but it, it's it's certainly more real than and there's three of them yeah, and they have guests wow you try you, here's the thing radio four radio don't do that impression don't, at the moment no no no, no. topical well oh no i've not got the butter oh radio four no here's the thing i'm gonna make you an offer that you can't refuse and the offer is you you go you, you, you stick it up your ass. Oh, there we go again. Is she still there? No, she's gone. Cut her off. Oh. She's boring me. Boring me with her libel. I, no, in fairness, I cut her off because um, if she had continued to libel me, uh, it would have been a clear case uh, that I could have I could have wiped her clean in the courts. And I chose not to do that. I chose, that so that's actually quite a generous thing of me, not to mm. take all her money and get her deported. She's here illegally. Yeah. Um, we know where she is too, Grantham. Unfortunately. Lee! Yeah. What? Hello. What? Uh, what kind of cake? No, what? I fell asleep, so I haven't been listening. Hello? What do you expect me to do about that? Recreate the last three hours? No, but I fell asleep, so I don't know what what means. Um, well, just, I'm just, I'm getting to the end of my tether with you lot. Sorry, but I've got a really important question for you. Oh, wait, away you go. I went onto Spotify the other day. Yeah. To listen to I'm a Titty Man and yep. all that. Yep. And it's not there anymore. Yeah, it's got taken down then. I asked for it to be taken down. Why? Because, um, it was more hassle than it was worth. The joke wore pretty thin after a while. But I love listening to those tracks. You should have bought them. Too late now. Yes, yeah, too late now. It's too late now. They're gone. Come. Uh, so you took them down. That's a shame. So you're going to put any more up? Um, maybe, but not with Nigel. Right. He demanded too much money, was he? It was. Yeah. It was. It was getting. It, it stopped being fun. You know, when when I've got someone demanding that I find a checkbook and write a check for money that I haven't been paid yet and won't be paid for. Ages and ages, and then, I, you know, there is a slight hint that maybe I'm ripping that person off. I'm get- Here's the thing, guys. I'm the one that's going to be paying tax on that, that 300-odd quid that we, we're going to make, you know. So, um, so you know, so it just stopped being fun. Yeah, OK, fair enough. There we go. All right, thanks for telling me that. Thanks for calling. Bye. Bye. That was strange. <laughs> um, it just stopped being fun. 
music, music for me. Oh, right. But it always does when you get successful. I am reading the geekiest book. I think I got this for a penny. The geekiest book. It's a little bit out of date because it's 1994. The Beatles, the ultimate recording guide. Oh, my goodness. And I've kind of missed bits out. It basically tells you what were recorded where. It's basically a book of lists. List. Okay. And there's, what, 500 580-odd pages. What's the most moving part? What was the thing that stood out for you the most? Oh, look, this is... Look, 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 look. It's an old library book. Look. Very good. Um, well, but I, I'm just reading. <laughs> so this is what I'm reading. Um, pick a year. 1972. Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm just reading the bootleg section because I'm fascinated by bootlegs. 1972, let's get to that. Early that year, John Lennon reportedly gave approximately 25 hours of unreleased Lennon tapes to Bruce Beerman during the recording of David Peel's The Pope Smokes Dope Album. Produced by Lennon, Beerman claimed that the tapes contained Beatles rehearsals, outtakes and unreleased Lennon compositions. Oh, that's exciting! That's quite juicy, actually. January the 13th, John and Yoko were guests on The David Frost Show in the US and sang John Sinclair, Attica State, The Luck of the Irish and Sister O' Sisters. Mm. Uh, the Lennons were backed by David Peel and the Lower East Side Band. The first two songs are on telecasts and the Live Lennon tapes. Gosh. Feb- February the 1st. Mm. An unreleased filmed Wings rehearsal of Give Ireland Back to the Irish is on in the 1970s. The recording reportedly comes from a screening on the David Frost show. Mm-hmm. Is it all that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what they've done essentially is go into the Beatles kitchens, yeah. get their calendars, love it. and just copy down what they did every day. I love it. I absolutely love it. It's just, it, you can just get totally, totally lost. Um, I'm going to finish my Luke Haynes book. Well, your Luke Haynes book, the first one tomorrow. Oh, yeah, because isn't it a joy? I've got to take my car to be serviced. And I've oh. got to sit there while they do it. Yeah. Gosh, you take a long time to read books. I haven't, do you know why? I keep falling asleep. Oh. I'm tired. Yeah. And I do, I, 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 I use the tube a bit. So I, I, I read on the tube. I don't, you see. Constant reading on the tube. Finish the Stephen Stills book. We'll give that away. Or I'll give it to charity shop, actually. No, you can't have it, listeners. Buy it. I, if you know, buy it from a charity shop or buy it for real. Um, and I was going to start the Brian Wilson book. I've got a nice backlog of books building up. But then I thought, no. Beatles. Lists. Beatles lists. Um, here we go. 1991. Matchbox. January the 25th. Matchbox and the Fool from Paul's TV appearance uh, for MTV's Unplugged show remain unfish- officially unreleased, nor were they aired on the TV broadcast. Underground videos of the entire show have circulated, and the two missing songs, plus <sighs> We Can Work It Out and Ain't No Sunshine, are unplugged and unplugged, taken from a stereo soundboard recording. Here we go. March the 3rd, 1991. George, oh, I'll miss you, George took the stage at a convention of George Formby fans <laughs> held at the Winter Gardens in Blackpool. Armed with a ukulele, he sang Formby's In My Little Snapshot album. No known recordings of the performance have su- surfaced, although amateur home videos were taken. George also participated in a closing group play and sing-along on this day. I mean, Aww. that is... That... That is what it's all about. That is what but it's all about. That all day, though, is that you? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, yeah, yeah it's all day. Um, old people are smoking more and more spliffs. Are they? Yes, they are. You didn't expect to get that. 
Let's have a little look here. Little Mix, I mean, seriously, they're going to get um, catch a chill on their vaginas. <laughs> I saw... They started out dressed and then they um, slowly. I thought that was the. I don't know a lot about them. I thought that I was reading someone that that was the what was so good about Little Mix to start with is they were they were just kind of girly and wholesome and now they've become you know the 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 generic pop pop tart which is you know if that's what they want to do that's absolutely fine. Is it what they want to do or is there some media mogul at the top Simon Cowell who's telling them that's what they've got to do? Simon Cowell's idea of entertainment is getting people. I mean he's still doing that thing where he gets a load of girls on to do dancing in the background of really boring acts. But that's classic. Well, that's 70s, isn't it? The number of people... There's a picture of an old man and they've just, like, superimposed a long cigarette in his mouth and it says, spaced out, spliff fan. (laughs) Oldies getting dopey. Show me a picture. Show me the picture. That's that. Well, that doesn't even look like a... He's just got, like, a piece of chalk in his mouth. That's not a spliff. That's not a spliff. spliff That's not a spliff. This is a spliff. <laughs> what, what, what is that? Uh, uh, how does he talk? The, uh, are you seen with Nell and I? Well, you know, uh, the, the, well, you know, no, no, that is not a spliff. That is not a spliff, my friends. This is the spliff. Who's that? The Campbell I, or Carrot Man? I've seen it, but I don't remember it. I like, I, I like that film. I like that film. Yeah, no, no. No, you misunderstand me, my friend. I can see his impression of him. I remember the bit where it said, My father's a QC! And I demand... I demand to have some booze! booze. Well, no, you see, that is that is integral to the plot. That is not... This is the Camberwell carrot. Uh, the number of middle-aged people smoking spliffs has rocketed wow. sky-high. A study of more than 47,000 over 50s in the States. Oh, well. Well, it's become it's legal. legal in a lot of the States now, hasn't <laughs> exactly. it? Exactly. So that is nonsense. In the US, found a 71% rise in marijuana use between 2006 and But it's legal in loads of places well, now. It, they make loads of money on it on tax. The increase in admitted marijuana use. I expect that these are the same people that were doing it before. Yeah, I'm reading the rest of it. That's not a story. I didn't realise it was in America, you see, because in America it's not, it's not, a, it's legal. Most places now, though, isn't Trump going to repeal that law? Oh, guys, free the weed. Free the weed, man. Um, don't take drugs, as Trump doesn't take any drugs, does he? No, 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 no. <sighs> Imagine. Imagine being the the cocaine dealer for the President of the United States of America. That would be amazing. Um, oh, here we go. Here we go. This is what the show is going to be. I forgot to do this. The sickie, something you know a lot about, Catherine. What are you talking about? Oh, come on, sick note. I've not been off sick once here. No, because you know that they're a little bit stricter than they're at the BBC when it's licence payers' money that's, that's swilling around the place. You did you used to call me sick? No, that was really yeah, rude. because you were always off I wasn't always off sick. But no, you were bunking off. No, and I know what this is. You just missed me when I was off, so you had to make me feel bad about it. The sicky is usually a ruse to avoid work and to get an extra day off. But it seems, and this is this is interesting, this is very interesting, this is very interesting, it seems social events, such as the off, office Christmas party, are just as unappealing to some as going to work. More, more unappealing. 
with more than a third admitting they invent minor illnesses to get out of them. A survey found 37% admit to pulling a social sickie in the past year. Of these, 49 did so to avoid meeting up with friends, while 40% used non-existent ailments to dodge office socials. Oh, t- uh, t- yeah, totally. Totally. Why would anyone want to, you know, we went to the Christmas, the big Christmas party last week. I can't make this Christmas party because it's Wednesday, is it? The 15th. Yeah. So is that 12, 13, Thursday, Thursday, I've got a migraine then. Oh. Women were more likely to lie about an illness or exaggerate symptoms to get out of events, with 40% doing so compared with 32% of men. Have I... It always the, the thing about these stories that gets me is the people that have conducted the surveys. Have a guess. You'll never, you'll never guess who's conducted a survey about people pulling sickies to avoid office parties. Staples. Fishermen's friends. <laughs> F- fishermen's friends have done it. What? And I never normally read out the name of the survey because I think it's cheap publicity. But But this is their milieu, isn't it? This is their uh, department. Fisherman's Friends. (laughs) Has anyone ever actually had a Fisherman's Friends? Yeah, I have. They're horrible, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, but uh, last year, when I was still working in Dunstable, I went in the local Asda. Oh, yeah. And I was very husky. Yeah. Um, And I did all my shopping. Yeah. And the woman behind the till... Yeah. Offered me a fisherman's friend. One of her own? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was quite I hope sweet. you didn't take it. I did. Well, because she would have put her snotty, fecal-stained fingers in that bag. So you basically... She looked clean. A strange woman let you eat her poo. <laughs> and you think that's acceptable? <laughs> oh, my God. On that bombshell, dear listener, <laughs> um, it's certainly been a show. Tomorrow, are you ready to be mean? Because we're going to be mean. Although I may bottle it. Talk Radio, the 21st century dream team of dialogue, debate and discourse. Talk Radio, give it some lift.